It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. Ex Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking out, they just but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Huh? Is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got to drop the homie Biggie. He's got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So why the long frown, a man harm from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told you all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding Roho This shit is a no-no Rolling in that Lolo Plus I'm from that ball Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo Ready for the wall and we so-so Silly with the flow, somebody got a bobo Heard the lanes and I swear they so-so Too much love for the fame just to go broke You said that I had the rap game and the trope card Never think I got the whole world in a rope Don't gotta think of damn dog, you crazy Is he the next Jay-Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know, maybe Welcome back to the Insane Check Podcast It's your host, Chris here And I am joined in a studio this time uh, By my man, Justin from Three Fist Podcast What's going on, man? What's up? What's going on? Uh, uh, the world is on fire right now, but um, <laughs> we are trying. Man, it's like every day I get uh, up, I look at Twitter and said, "What new, what fresh new horrors await me today on the fresh horror machine?" I, I, you know what? Let me let, let's 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 start the podcast off this way, guys. All right, all right. This podcast is 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 anti Nazi. We're anti rape. And I didn't know I'd have to say this, but apparently because of things to the GOP, gotta say this, we're also anti-pedophiles. I, it, <laughs> like, <laughs> we're at a point now where, like, uh, we're going to get into the stuff that's going on with Roy Moore right now in the Republican Party. But I, I'll just say this, like, I was watching the news this morning and uh, the... Um, uh, there, were, there was some reporter on, and they were just like, well, you know, and they're trying to do the – every now and then I feel like like journalists try to get too above the fray and too um, hands on and see it more like a uh, – they're, 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 they feel like they're too out of touch. So they're like, well, you know, the Roy Moore situation is a, it's a lose-lose situation for the Republicans. You know, uh, they, uh, they either support more and um, – they support pedophilia or uh, they don't support him and they and they, they lose a seat to a Democrat. And I'm like, uh, that's called a win-lose situation. You lose if you support more and you support pedophiles and you win if, yeah, you might lose the seat, 
But you keep your integrity. You keep your morals. And you say, we're not going to support a pedophile. You, you would think that that would be the, um, that would, that would be the thing. But, um, no, no, no. That's not how we, that's not how we treat that. Well, that operates on the assumption that the GOP has integrity. They, mm. They've clearly made this bargain, right? They've clearly made the bargain. For years. Whatever years gets now. cheeks in the seats. Yeah, yeah. So, uh. Yeah, so again, this is the Insanity Check, your weekly uh, dose of insanity. Uh, did we? Do, I don't even know if I did a show. I did do a show last week. We had Delvin on. Um, no, actually, no, we didn't do it. What, what week is this? I didn't do a show last week because last week was Atlanta. I was in Atlanta with Deepon's wedding. Shout out to uh, to, to Daniel and Susan and their lovely uh, wedding and stuff like that. Uh, Deepon will be back this week for Super Tuesday. We got a lot to catch up on. It's like he comes he comes back from um, disconnecting and this. Like one, the world blows up, and in the comic book world, with Michael, uh, we just talked about this on the Arrow podcast. But with Ben is leaving to go to DC for Marvel, uh, Jesse Lee comes out. Uh, fucking Punisher comes out that Friday. Uh, we we have, we'll have to do a a double review for the End of Inhumans. Uh, we didn't talk about this on on the Super Tuesday thing, but I gotta say, do you see the trailer for uh, Agent of Shield season five, bro? <laughs> so the trailer for season five of Agents of Shield makes me want Inhuman Season 2. Let me explain. If you can get Inhumans away from Scott Buck and in the hands of someone that actually cares and is willing to spend money, <laughs> Inhumans could be a great... Like, I watch Inhumans and I'm like, okay, I enjoy the show. I see exactly what the problem here is. Like, every bad decision the show makes, I can trace back to they didn't want to spend the money on it. Oh, like, the trailer, the, the quick little minute trailer for season five of Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Bruh. Looks like it, it costs more to make than the entire season <laughs> of Inhumans. And, and again, it goes back to my whole thing of, oh yeah, Inhumans is no longer under Perlmutter. I can tell. I, I can tell. Like, it just, instantly, I could tell. Like, the, the, the way it was shot, the way it yes. looks like. Like everything about um, uh, there was an effect when when like um, when Yo Yo shows up and I was just like, what the fuck? Yes. What? The, like why did I get why did I get this in IMAX? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the entire that entire trailer was just like, yo, I can't wait for Agent Shield to come back. And, and then it ends with Mac making the joke about how no, we don't split up. You, you don't split up in Alien movies. You know, you know the first one's gonna die when you split up, right? Everybody's looking at him like, bruh, the, the black guy. Come on, like, I'm just like, the fact that they made that joke and then Daisy's like, well, you know, that's how we cover the most ground. Yeah, that's what they always <laughs> say. They get picked off one by one, and y'all know who's gonna die first. Nah, man, we st- don't split the party. <laughs> like that right there was just like, I can't wait for this show to come back, yo. I, hey, I'm I'm so excited for AJ Shield to come back. It's gonna be so stressful and fun. Oh God, it's so stressful and fun. But this is it goes. It's like you said. It's the problem with Agent Shield was it was rushed. They didn't take their time. They didn't have things together, and they didn't use money. I'm like, this uh, that trailer right there proved to me uh, my feelings for for Inhumans was not wrong. It's just like, yeah, like I can try because the, the way Inhumans is written, I like the story they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. It's clear where they were hampered, right? Like the, I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it, but one of the characters, the thing they do mm-hmm. with the thing. I can tell they did that because he didn't want to spend money on the effects yeah. for that power anymore. Yeah. Like, he just said, I, I don't want to spend money. I don't, I don't have money for that. <laughs> we don't have money for that. So it's just like, I, I don't fuck with... Uh, again, it, 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 just makes, it, 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 it makes me upset when I see something like this that could have been a lot better. 
and should have been a lot better. Like I don't think people understand that my 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 thing. And, hey, look, Justice League uh, reactions are out right now, and they're not bad. Like. And, I'm so relieved that they're not bad. Like people, people think I'm, I'm out here and I want DC to fail. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's the opposite. I want DC to win. I, w- I would love to sit out here and 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 have um, DC and Marvel. Hell, I I like people think I get on Fox. Like I get on Fox for their shitty movies, but look, I love fucking Deadpool. I can't wait until Deadpool two comes out. And I've even told people like the sleeper that nobody's talking about X Force. Oh, that's X- happening. I believe X Force is happening. I believe so. Yeah, because they're bringing in bringing in cable for the next Deadpool movie. But I believe that X Force is actually happening. Matter of fact, is X Force is happening, and I believe uh, Drew Goddard is attached to it. The guy who did um, he's the director for um, Cabin in the Woods. You have my attention. Yeah, no, I've been telling me like, listen, there are fa- Fox properties out there that I am super excited for if they do it right. So it's like, yo, I want all this to win. I don't care if you're at Marvel Studios or if you're at Warner Brothers or if you're at Fox. I care if it's fucking good and it pays, you know, and it, 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 it takes into account the um, the source material and it treats right. us with respect. Well, that's what I care about, and that's why DC at Warner Brothers worries me because Warner Brothers has proven they will meddle when they don't get it. Right, like the the best thing that's come out of Warner Brothers for their DC line is the one they didn't care about, which was Wonder Woman. And people keep trying to tell me here's the thing. People keep trying to tell me. Remember when people try to tell us that the Wonder Woman uh, marketing was was good? And I was like, no. When You want to know when you're going to see good marketing? One, wait until you see uh, what they do with Justice League. It's not going to be the same. And if you, if you don't want to believe that one, wait to see what DC, uh, what uh, Marvel Studios and Disney does with Black Panther. Bru- Listen. Those character posters that came out with all... And, and you know they all the, the black women. All the black women were in there. Like every black woman in there was, was in the character poster. Had her own character poster. I was like, that's what DC should have done with their Amazons right there. Like even if they're not in the movie that long, you put them in the character poster yeah, to get butts in the seat of the that's very least. why people are going to see this. Yes, you have the built-in name recognition of Wonder Woman. Now use that to build more hype. Like. Oh. It's so easy. It is so easy. It is so easy. We got character posters. We already know there's going to... Look, we already know. If you if you don't know this right now, and like I, I, again, I think a lot of people who don't actually... Who just see the end product and don't look at the actual... Um, how the sausage is made. How the sausage is made. You don't understand. Like, when it comes to like product placement and, and, and cross-product like uh, sponsorship and things like that, the, 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 the cream de la creme of, of, uh, uh, of marketing is getting a car. Yes, it's getting 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 car promotion. And you saw that with with BVS did it, did it. Um, uh, Spider Man did it. Spider Man had one. Yo, and it was brilliant what Spider Man did. Yeah, Spider Man did a great like one. tying it to Peter Parker getting his driver's license. Yeah, yeah, Black Panther has one too. You might not know, Black Panther has Lexus. And oh, nigga, <laughs> no, because look, 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 because Chadwick already did something for them. I think at San Diego Comic Con. If you go into Marvel Unlimited right now, they have a Black Panther uh, Marvel Unlimited only thing. Yes. And it's tied to Lexus. There's the, the car that Siri is driving is a Lexus. Trust me, it's going to be a Lexus joint, a, a ton of Lexus marketing with Black Panther. That is what I'm talking about here. That is what Wonder Woman should have gotten. And they didn't get. Disney sees that shit. And they're already like, now that Thor's out of the way, this is going to hit us with three months of nothing but... Hey, so you, um, you want some Black Panther? We got some Black Panther for you. Yeah. We're gonna give you some Black Panther here. You want some, you 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 want to see you, you want to see you want to see these black women here? You want to see these black? 
Ricky Gervais. Uh, I think there's a, a Funko has the entire Funko line. Have you yes. seen that? Yes. I'm going to spend the $124. No. I already so, know that's going to happen. So front and center of the Funko line is the Dormelage and Shuri. Yeah. Like, you saw that, right? Like, when they, they did the yeah. whole line, yeah. the two in the front, it wasn't, it wasn't Black Panther. <laughs> right, right. It like, wasn't Black Panther. <laughs> and I'm not even a Funko Pop person like that. I'm getting that. As I stare at two Funko Pops behind you. Look, so I got the so one of them is Black Panther. The other one came from um, Loot Crate. So, okay, they, okay. so I didn't I didn't go out there and buy them. I bought the Black Panther one. I didn't buy the, and, I, and I do have another one coming. Uh, the Pickle Rick one. I had Pickle Rick. I I, I I couldn't turn down Pickle Rick. So I got I'm getting Pickle Rick. Um, but like I went immediately onto Amazon. Be like, oh, do you guys have this already? So I can pre-order it. And they oh, you don't just let me know when you guys get it because I'm gonna I'm gonna pre-order this joint because yo. Um, I'm getting that. I'm getting. I'm getting all of them, and so it's like, this is what they should have done with Wonder Woman, and they didn't do it. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about, guys. It's like, this is what I was saying when I said that it's not the same. Like, what what was Wonder Woman's big sponsorship? Uh, it was a weight loss bar. Yep. <laughs> God, it is easy money to get a, a Wonder. Like, you just bring it up the car promo thing. Like, this just made me think, it would have been so easy for Wonder Woman to get a luxury car. Because, of course, the princess of the Amazons would have a luxury car when she's in the real world. Of course she would. My, it's so, it's so easy. It is and so now, I, easy. I will say this. I believe that the next, if Wonder Woman 2, they'll get all that shit. But the fact that they didn't get it is what if I was saying. they can afford Wonder Woman 2. Because right. if, I, if I'm Patty Jenkins, if I'm Gal Gadot... Oh, the price of brick just went up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. So you should jump in on the on the on the on the on the ground floor. But like I said, you see what you see what how Marvel's treating. And again, I've always said this about the thing about Black Panther. Yeah, it's gonna be great to getting this 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 uh, movie with a black superhero, majority black cat. Like I said, there's only two white people on these posters. <laughs> no, okay, okay. The best joke I saw on that was on Reddit. Uh, yeah, I've seen that joke. The yeah. token joke. Yeah. Token white guys, <laughs> and they were both in. They both in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right. So you get the two token white guys. That was the greatest thing of the world. But like the the thing that to me that that I think is is what really sets this movie apart is that you're going to get not just a big budget film with these characters, which is huge. We've had all the black films, but nothing with a probably like a budget like this. Nothing with a Disney budget. Nothing with a Disney budget, but also the marketing. You're going to get a marketing campaign that centers black women. And we've already seen that. Remember, when, and we knew this was coming because back when they showed test footage, back before San Diego Comic-Con, I want to say this was back in like March or something like that, their test footage was heavily black women. And then the report out of it came was like, yeah, they showed us a lot of the black women in this film. Like, If, if, if she's in this film, she got in the test footage and we saw it all there. That's going to be their push. And I think that is what, you know, we're hearing all this talk about Disney streaming service and what Disney's doing over here and stuff like that. You know, Disney made this announcement about um, doing a uh, live-action Star Wars film. Do not be surprised if the lead in the live-action Star Wars film is uh, uh, is some woman of color. Probably a black woman, but let's... I'll go with any woman of color at this point. Um, Don't be surprised if that happens because this is Disney seeing what's happening with Black Panther and what they're doing with Black Panther... Does Disney seeing what the success of uh, Star, uh, Star Trek Discovery is with a, with the lead of a black woman? Disney is smart, and they're seeing the reaction to Valkyrie and Thor. Ragnarok. Yes, and they're seeing seeing what happened with Valkyrie and Thor Ragnarok. 
Yes, motherfucker. Like, yo, if t- if Tessa pulls off, if Tessa pulls this off, because you know she's campaigning for a record, because of course you're gonna mm-hmm. campaign for a movie for yourself, right? She can actually pull this shit off. Mm-hmm. Cause like, there's a movie to be made of what happened for Valkyrie before Thor Ragnarok. Yep. If she if she pulls that off, yeah. So I'm just saying, um, yeah. Like, I I think there's some exciting times coming forward, guys. I I can't wait to see what what Disney does with that. Look, I know a lot of people are saying they like I don't want to pay for another streaming service. I'm one of those people. Disney's different for me. Yeah. Because Disney owns, if you think about it, Disney probably owns it. And that's before the, we're talking about the Fox shit, which I don't think is going to happen, but like they own Star Wars, Marvel, and Pixar. Take my fucking money. Take it a step further. All those 30 for 30s that you love watching on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Disney owns them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't let Disney then also bring in, because that's what CBS did, right? CBS also was like, well, we can bring in football, because we, we have football, Bingo. we can bring in football on CBS. And people were just like, yeah, but uh, okay, it's just CBS football. Disney owns ESPN. <laughs> it's going to be our, oh, Disney, all these ESPN shows you love? Yeah, Disney owns ESPN and ABC. And there's a lot of things they can do. I'm just saying that I think that if you're, and, and they've even come out and said, our price point is under Netflix. Yeah. So what makes me excited about that, like you said, bringing in the ESPN stuff, a report came out from Awful Announcing that Bomani Jones has talked about ending his radio show on the condition that he would get to do something digital only. What would be a great spot to put digital only content with a built-in audience? Hmm. I mean, it's so easy. It is so easy. Disney's come out and said that they're not trying to be a Netflix replacement. They're not, they're not competing with Netflix, which is why I believe that the... The, net, the Marvel Netflix series they have there right now are probably safe. For now. But if I'm Hulu or fucking Amazon... I'm shook. I'm shitting my pants. Because they're not going to come for Netflix. Because Netflix already saw this. Netflix was smart. And Netflix has already gone into their original content marketing. Like, I forgot. Like, um, they have uh, Bright coming out in December, right? Yeah. So they, they've already gone into this idea of putting out... They're, they're putting out basically big budget movies as well as big budget TV shows and original content. They've already got, and they're, and they're like, it's like one after the other. That's not like one where you have to, Oh, here's one. And then two months from now, we'll have something else. They're like, Hey, here's December. And we have like seven things coming out. Here you go. Have fun. And they locked down Shonda Rhimes to multi year deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 So, so, so Netflix is like, we good, but everybody else. Sure. Hulu's like, yo, so that runaways though. I right, mean, right, 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 right. <laughs> like, so we, we, we get to keep runaways, right? We, we get to keep that? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here, and, and this is the thing. Everybody talking about Fox right now. What if Disney buys Hulu? D- no. No. <laughs> no. Like, no. Because I'm like, what? what what's the something? Because everybody's talking about these other. If they go, dig- why not just buy Hulu? The infrastructure's already there. The audience is already there. Why not just? I'm just saying. I'm just throwing things out there, guys. I'm just saying. You can just, tell them I took it from you. Right. <laughs> right. We'll even let you keep the name. Just put the, oh. Just put the just put the mouse in front of it. <laughs> just like again, this is, these are people that bought Star Wars, and everybody was like, they bought Lucasfilm. And everybody was like, they're gonna Disneyfy it up, and they've made two of the best fucking Star Wars films we've ever fucking seen. And the next one is coming out, and they are so confident in The Last Jedi, they just gave Ryan Johnson the next trilogy. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, yo, 
they announced that right uh, that your boy's gonna have the next trilogy. I'm like, so my first, I'm talking to my little brother about this. We we're talking about the news. I'm like, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, how fire is the last Jedi? <laughs> or Disney to just say, you got the next trilogy, boss. You got it. Like, how fire is the next Jedi? Do not or come for Jedi. Kathleen Kennedy. She, like, people were like, oh, well, you know, she's a pro because he fired, I guess, uh, Trevor Tavaro, and then there was right. um, there was the uh, uh, Chris Lord in them, and. People are like, oh, well, is she the problem? Like, no, no, she's not the problem. They're the problem. Right. Because uh, she's got uh, two films at two uh, at a billion, what, because of uh, the um, uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens, did Force Awakens make two? I know, it, I know it did at least a billion. It made, oh, wait, made way more than a billion. I think it might have made two billion. All right. So they're at least like $3 billion for two films. Two billion dollars. Yeah, it made two billion dollars, right? And then I, I want to say uh, Rogue One made at least like a billion and one point two billion. What was that one? So um, I'm getting that now. Okay. Um. In, either way, that's two films. One point oh five billion dollars. Okay, so that's that's three billion dollars right there. I believe they bought Lucasfilms for four billion. <laughs> All right, and that doesn't include anything else they're doing with Star Wars that they've been doing since then. That Disney's been doing with Star Wars since then. Right? They have all this. Like, they've already made their money back from that investment. If you count TV market, like the the peripheral marketing, uh, your merchandising, your comic books, they've made that money back. Like they they robbed George Lucas. Oh, oh, George Lucas Lucas got robbed. <laughs> they four billion. I mean, dollars. I mean, look, look, um, look. Who among us is going to turn down four billion dollars and offered it? But if why? I own Star Wars, nigga, me <laughs> <laughs> four billion shit, I can do that in two movies. Hold on, no, no. And I don't even want to know what they bought Marvel for because I know that was oh, fucking that... dirt cheap. Because Marvel, because people keep going, how much they they probably rock like no. Listen, Marvel was they dirt saved cheap. Marvel. They saved Marvel. Marvel was dirt cheap when they bought them. So it was just like, and and again, I think the um, I think they the MCU has finally crossed like five billion in domestic. I think in just in just domestic total, it's crossed five billion dollars, but total it's like sixteen billion dollars as a franchise. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's so disgusting. Like, so when I heard them talking about Fox, I'm like, you stop. No, no, you are not allowed to do that. No, I had to put my foot down. I was like, look, as much as I would like to see Marvel Studios working on X Men films, it's like. That is just unfair to everybody else because at that point, like, they turn into like the Taco Bells and in, in, um, in uh, Demolition Man, where everything's a Taco Bell now. Like everything's gonna be Disney because it's just like they they have so much. So, oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, how much did you say uh, the MCU total box office was? I think it's like sixteen billion. Eighteen billion is what they bought the. No, no. Oh, that's oh, it's eight, eighteen billion. Eighteen billion. Oh, you know what it was? That's that, that was before. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. My g- eighteen billion dollars since two thousand eight. That's disgusting. <laughs> that is hasn't hasn't even been a decade, and they've made eighteen billion dollars. And like, I I think that's why WB reacts the way they do with like with the the editorial decisions they make with their movies. Is, is everybody? Is everybody, It's why everybody acts that way. It's like it's why it's why it's why Sony panicked with Spider Man. It's like, wait a minute, what are we doing that we can't? We have the we have the number one character of all time, and we're not making the money that like Marvel made. Marvel Marvel made a billion dollars of an Iron Man movie. 
They made and a in two thousand eight, no one gave a shit about Iron Man. I keep trying to tell people this, like it's a revisionist history. We we we, we now think that the, the Avengers are our household names. They were fucking not. Matter of fact, I remember in two thousand fourteen. I remember when uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was being called, uh, it could be their first flop. Remember that a couple months before it came out? Right. The Guardians of the Galaxy could be Marvel Studios' first flop, could be their first dud. We don't know. They're taking a, taking a lot of chances here on James Gunn and doing this. Um, this year, that movie made $840 million. <laughs> if you the sequel made $840 wait, million. Wait. Dollars. No, Guardians of the Galaxy did not make more than Wonder Woman. I don't know if it made more than Wonder Woman, but I know it made like $840 million, I believe. Because Wonder Woman didn't even make eight hundred, did it? No, it did. It did. No, okay. Wonder Woman did make. I thought. I thought. I thought. I thought. Um, I thought Wonder Woman made more than that. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Guardians of the Galaxy two is eight hundred and sixty three billion dollars, a million dollars. And Wonder Woman is only eight hundred and twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, WB? What are you doing? Holy shit! If you had told me ten years ago that a Wonder Woman film would make less. Then Guardians of the Galaxy Then a talking raccoon and a talking tree. My. Someone needed to get fired. Someone had to get fired this day. This this, this explains why people are doing the whole uh, Wonder Woman's made more as a solo film than any other other solo films uh, debuts. Because you have to make up stories to make make that shit seem right. Because I'm like, I mean, okay. And I'm not trying to shit on her, but. Like. The one that same movie, if it was handled better from an executive level, from a marketing level, makes a billion dollars. My God, with, with that, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the buzz it got, with the, with the. I mean, they're putting an Oscar push for it, which no, no, no. I like the movie, but no, you you, you don't get to do an Oscar push when I can see the blue screen within the first Shit, ten minutes. Um, Spider Man Homecoming made eight hundred eighty million dollars. God damn! Oh my God. <laughs> Like so, but uh, so not even did like, but, but so, so think about this. So that's three. That's three comic movies this year that have made over eight hundred million dollars. I mean, we're talking about we're 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 in the weeds now talking about you know Wonder Woman made less than these other two. That's still over eight hundred million dollars for this. Yes. Uh, Logan made six hundred and some million dollars. It was an R-rated movie. Yeah. And I'm not sure where Thor Ragnarok will land because it does gonna it's gonna bump into. Justice League, but it's still going to make a lot of fucking money too. I'm gonna still put it above. I'm still put it in like the 700 range at least. And with um, Justice League getting at least okay reviews, well, e- even if Justice League got bad reviews, it's the Justice oh yeah, League. it's gonna make. It's, I think it's still gonna make a billion dollars. I think. It's, I think. I think. I actually think that Justice League is going to top the box office this year for comic movies. Cause it, and it should the Justice League. The Justice League. Like, like this is this is one of the things that I, I can see it now. Like some of the uh, the the DC fanboys. Oh yeah, Justice League. It should like. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like going as a parent and going, I fed my kids today. I'm like, nigga, you should. Like, no, it's, it is the Warriors saying, we're in the finals. <laughs> you got Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. <laughs> yes, you're in the finals. You yeah, should be in yeah, the finals. Yeah, come on. So, um, damn, man, this $880 million for, for Spider-Man Homecoming is killing me, though, right? I'm just like, I was told, okay, I'm going to leave Fran alone right now. You know, they were, they were trying to tell me that was it a failure. And it made $880 million. Well, so, okay. Nope, can't even go down that route. Nope. I was <laughs> going to say it didn't make a billion dollars. It's a failure. But if the benchmark is a billion, then you've already succeeded if your benchmark is a billion. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's my thing, too, right here with comic book movies is the benchmark for comic films now is everybody thinks every film can make a billion. And the fact that we've gotten to the point where no other film we think that with, right? Exactly. 
No other film. No other film kind of kind of films we think about. It. Like when when um remember uh, uh Blade Runner twenty forty nine going to lose eighty million dollars. And I've been told that is not a bad movie. So here's the thing. Uh oh. No no, it's too long. Okay. I know a lot of people. Like I can tell when people are gonna if, if you're gonna like Blade Runner or you're not gonna like Blade Runner. I to me, I won't say I enjoyed it because it is too long. But I do think it's a good movie that fixes what the original was. Like, I think this is a movie that's way better than the original film. Uh, I take this film over the original any day, but it's still too fucking long. Like, it's almost three fucking hours. Like, ain't nobody, ain't nobody got time for that. Like, ain't nobody sitting through a theater for three fucking hours for a goddamn film. So, no, we're not doing that. So, but like, yeah, man, when when you when again, and there's so it's comic movies and animated films. Because I, I was talking about this yesterday, or the other day. Um, I forgot. Um, Despicable Me 3 made a billion dollars. I'm sorry, what now? Despicable Me 3 made a billion dollars. Yes. I am not lying. Yes, it did. I had to look at it to make sure. God. Yes. Okay, so how do we start making movies? Because clearly oh, no. that's where oh, the money is. So this, so this is a good segue into our next thing because, um, you know, all these talks about sexual assault uh, from 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 Hollywood and just everywhere across, and we're going to get more details later, more serious later on. But um, I've decided that now is the perfect time for as, a, as as people of color to get into the film industry, and that means soon, toilet snakes is happening. Oh, you and Rod's idea. Uh, me and Rod's idea, toilet snakes. It's going to happen. I'm gonna I'm actually going to start writing, start writing at the end of this year. Start writing toilet snakes. I'm gonna start pitching my movie, Toilet Snakes. I mean, you should lead every pitch with. So I haven't sexually assaulted anybody. Th- I actually just gonna get a shirt and wear that. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be like one of, you ever see one of those like uh, those those the things they put in workplace like there have been uh, it has been this many days since the last uh, <laughs> since <laughs> since the last incident. It's gonna be like yo, it has been this many years since my last sexual assault, and it's gonna be like yeah, like yeah. I'm, and whatever my age is at that time, it's gonna right. be like. So I'm 35. I'm like, it's been 35 years since my last sexual. It's like, so how old are you? I'm 35. Oh, oh, I get that. Okay, okay. So that means you haven't sexually assaulted anybody. You got it there, sir. I haven't. I haven't actually done that because I, I don't do that shit. So, so, so that means my movie is safe. So right there, that's that's my first pitch. That's my end. I have not sexually assaulted anybody. Second pitch is, it's fucking toilet snakes. It's you. It's you. It's. It's your greatest fear, snakes, with you when you're at your most vulnerable, on the toilet. Boom. It'll you have snakes on a plane? You get snakes in the toilet? Why not? What's well, so on? I, I already got the trailer. In a world where a man isn't even safe on his own throne. Here we go. Here we go. You just see the, he just sits down on the toilet. It swirls and then just the... Toilet snakes. Coming soon. In IMAX. 3D. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in there. So, um, but, uh, yeah, man. Uh, comic movies are not dead. I'm just saying. You, they make a lot of fucking money, and they're the ones that hold the box office up, so. Hi, guys. The Doctor here. Here to tell you about a show we've got going on premium, the Doctor Who Retrospective, where we wax poetic about our favorite parts of the Doctor Who universe. 
the best doctors, the best companions, the companions we could have done without, the challenges with the showrunners and some of our favorite spinoffs, including Class and Torchwood. So if you are a Whovian and want to join us in talking about everything that goes on in and outside of the TARDIS, subscribe to MTR Premium. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so let's get back to these, these serious topics here. Um, well, I don't even know where to start. So I guess I'll start. Like We, we just put up a hell no cube with John and I. We did it on Friday. We were actually going to talk about some other stuff. I don't know what we were going to talk about. We were going to talk, try to talk about some other stuff. But um, news broke on, on, on Twitter about people were being called out for sexual assault. Um, there's a man, a man named Corn who was uh, goes by the Twitter name By Corn, and he was um, the founder of the Burn Bowl. And it was happening. I think it happens today. Uh, was it, is, is it in the D, is it DC or is it in New York? So there's one in DC, <clears throat> one in New York. Oh, they're at the same same time this today. Um, oh no, I don't I don't know which one's today. Okay, I I want to say the DC one is today. Um, and like I said, they started one they started one one year, and then they they've expanded since there are a lot of people have known this man. Uh, I actually met him once. I told the story on um it wasn't really a story. I told him when I met on on Hell No Cupid. So just become a premium member and you hear that. Um, but um, yeah, man. Um, I- I'll be here. Like, and I get everybody because I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and tell my own understanding of like I I I, I both get and don't get how some people let people like this slide by and, and don't see the like I see both sides of it because on one hand when you really go through Corn's like his Twitter. And the things he said, not that far to see how, like, you, not saying you shouldn't believe these women, you can instantly believe these women for the things he said. He, like, people were pulling up screenshots of some rape jokes he made and things like that. There was one time he said something about surprising a girl with anal, with anal at some point. Someone was like, yeah, that's called rape. Yeah. You know? Um, and there's a lot of stuff. Like I, I told the story on, on Hell No Cupid about there was the one time they were talking women were talking about the uh, female only Uber service, which is needed because again we hear all these stories about Uber drivers harassing women. Um, I, my girlfriend, she sometimes takes Uber like from my house all the way to the sea, and that's a long drive, you know, for for at least a cab ride or Uber drive. Even then, I'm almost like, you know, make sure you hit me up when you get home because it's just like you're letting a stranger take a woman. And drive them to their destination. And I hate to say, but men are trash because we are. And that's it's, it's a risk, right? Like it, it getting it as as a woman getting into an Uber, having this person take you to your destination. That is a huge risk. And from I, what I know, Uber doesn't do like background checks. Nope. They just so we can we can right now sign up to be an Uber driver on the app. Yeah, it would take fifteen minutes. Yeah. So. Obviously, yeah, and all female run Uber service where female only drivers to pick up women makes sense for women to to be safe. And corn and a couple other dudes were some of the dudes out there kind of laughing at the matter and thinking that it was silly and stupid. No, oh, why you don't need? Why do you not feel safe? And it's just like, are you fucking blind? Right, like it, men in any position of power. This doesn't just mean men in powerful positions. Like, as a driver, I have a position of power over you because I'm controlling where you can go, right? Men in any position of power have proven time and time and time and time again they will abuse that power, especially if it means that they can harass and assault people. Yes. Right? So, 
having an all-women Uber makes sense for the safety. And I know the immediate rebuttal. Well, women can assault other women as well. Well, yes, duh, they can. That is why I'm assuming this service, if the whole if the whole appeal of this service would be safety, they would do the background checks and the necessary training required to make sure that they do everything that they can up front to weed these people out. Because that's that's, that's the problem when you don't have men. It's the same thing we have when we say when we're talking, we watch a TV show and we can tell, oh, you don't have any black people in your writing room. Yes. It's like, oh, because you didn't have anybody to consult because somebody would have told you this was a fucking problem. Same thing here. Like, I hate to say it, but yeah, women think about things that men don't think about when it comes to things like safety because we don't think about safety. As, as guys, we don't. <laughs> and that, that is like that right there, that is privilege. Exactly. Men don't think about these things when it comes to safety because we don't have to because we have male privilege. Right? Like, that, that, is, that is how privilege works. We don't have to think about these things. So, uh, yeah, he was one of the guys that would do it. It, it, it. I call them just jokes Twitter. They're the guys who say it's just jokes, but you're like, it's not just jokes. It's almost like you're testing the waters to see what you can get away with because this stuff is real. Like, it's not jokes because you're joking about something that's a real thing. You're watching women be in pain and you're cracking jokes. It's like, not the time for jokes. We can have fun. We can have jokes when we need to, but you have to read the room and know when, the, when there's a problem. And so it was a lot of the sick shit going on. And, um, yeah, and it's just... It's just been so much. Like uh, apparently, one of the women that 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 complained about corn now is now defending another dude who was who was accused. It's just there's just so much of this going on right now, um, and I feel I feel for all the women that have had to come forward because you read some of these stories and they're horrifying. It. I applaud anybody that you know tells their story on a public forum like this, right? It, I, I have nothing but empathy for these people, and I, I commend them for telling these stories. But at some point, we can't put the burden of getting these people out of the paint on their victims, right? Like, e -E, with what's happening on Twitter, with what's happening in Hollywood, what's happening is victims are coming forward mm -hmm. and saying, this person wronged me. At some point, the people in the inner circles of these assaulters have to check them and get them out of the paint. We can't put the burden on, in this case, these women. It can't be on the board. Women can't be the ones to get these guys out of the paint. And, and, the, and the reason for that is basically because I, I always see this. You know, we see people, and I've even seen people claim this. It's like, well, you know, you know, it happened with, use Bill Copley as an example, right? People are like, well, you know, some of these women are just coming forward. Uh, for the fame and to get attention and to drag this man down into the bandwagon and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, while I don't agree with that at all, let's say we, I don't, I don't normally entertain it, but let's entertain that thought for a minute, right? Right. Let's entertain that. There's like 50 women came forward with Bill Cosby, right? Let's say 49 of those women were just making shit up. But one of them was telling the truth. To 49 to 1. Bill Cosby's still a rapist. He raped one woman. Yeah. Still true. Like, like that's, that's the thing that people don't seem to understand. And the other thing, too, is, like, and I asked this on the Hell Dog, could be yesterday, again, if you're a premium member, you're going to listen to that. Where, name me one woman or one child or, or one anybody who has ever come up off of claiming they were sexually assaulted. Uh. Oh, what was that newspaper? There was actually a newspaper that um, 
They did. The front page was list of women who have gotten rich by claiming sexual assault. It was a blank page. Because here's the thing. And, and this is why, going back to what Justin said here about we need to all step up with, as people in the inner circle of these people that do these horrible things and, and be the ones to, to, to stand up for the victims. Because the reason why it's so hard for victims to come forward is one is obviously you're they're having to relive what the tragedy of what happened to them first. But the other thing too is every single time they are hit with a bunch of people claiming you are making it up. They are called a liar every fucking time. There's almost never a single time when a person comes out and says, this happened to me and everybody goes, collectively goes, I believe you. Never happens. Never happens. There's always going to be a group of people that go at, I don't believe you. This is a good person. I mean, shit, we're seeing that now with Roy Moore. And, like, again, across the, across the spectrum, you're seeing this. Right. So it's like, what are you – we can't expect when, – when you, when you create a toxic environment like that and, – and so it's, it's like we create this toxic environment where the victims can't come forward and say, this happened to me and I need support. But then we hold them not coming forward against them. It's like, oh, so why didn't you – so why did you wait until now to say something? Because if I came out earlier, you'd say, like, who – who was it? It was something that happened recently where the woman immediately went to the cops. Uh, was it Nelly? Was it? Because I'm so how, I, how sad this is. Right. You could be talking about three things. Like right. One where this woman immediately went to the cops and the cops covered it up and then told her that it didn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. Or the Nelly incident where she immediately went to the cops like right after it happened. Or there's another incident. Uh, I think this one was in Fairfax County. She went to the cops, and the cops asked her, and the cops, like, just basically blamed. They didn't deny that it happened, but they said it was her fault. And they just uh, said, like, buried the case. Story. I think I remember that story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like when we talk about um, uh, some uh, a cop shooting and, and cop killing a, a, an unarmed black person. And you're like, oh, which one are you talking about? Because there's so many, I can't keep track. Um well, let's take another situation. I believe it happened in another situation. She ended up dropping the case and saying she didn't want to go through it anymore. And people were like, oh, see, she lied. She made it up. I'm like, oh, you just realized after she came out, she immediately went to the cops. She was immediately hit with, you're making the shit up. Right. Like the cops, did, not just the police, but after her coming forward, that environment was not safe for her. So at that point, you go... Never mind. I don't want to do this anymore. Because that is what women have to do in these situations. Women have to make the choice. Do I want safety or do I want justice? Because they don't get both. And, and, and when you create that, and, and look, when I say we, when you, we all have created that environment, that is why victims don't come forward. And this isn't across, 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 across any, again, like when, when it happened, because this all started kind of with the Harvey Weinstein thing. And I was I was watching as the media got indignant and they were using it to try to score their articles against Hillary Clinton. And I was like, you guys keep this up. You guys do one. Remember, just last year, the whole Fox News thing where Fox News was getting cleaned out from Bill O'Reilly. Like Bill O'Reilly the, the, like has been so racist and so everything else. Finally got put out of the paint because of sexual harassment. All right. That just happened in the media. 
So like, you guys might want to slow down because you know you're in, you know you're not in such. Well, well, what what happens anytime something like this happens, right? Where where a high profile person has been identified as a rapist, a serial harasser, a serial abuser, whatever, everybody uses that time to sort of score their cheap points to perform. Uh, to put on their performative allyship and say, this person is bad. I see this person is bad. That has always rubbed me the wrong way because it's mm-hmm. like, it's easy to do it for the Harvey Weinsteins. It's easy to do it for the Chris Browns. It's easy to do it for the Art Kellys. But it's your friends, too. Perfect example of this. But I mean, keep, I mean, keep an eye on Morning Joe. Yeah. Because Mark Halpring... Yeah. came out with all the stuff that happened to Mark Halpern when he was at ABC, right? So, Mark Halpern, that, that week it came out, that Monday he was on the show, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, Mika did a Mika did a, 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 a statement. Read, so basically, she was reading like a hostage, right? She read a statement on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, she read another statement basically on some, you know, oh, well, you know, you know we, we believe the women and you know, Mark needs to get, but also, also get the whole, Mark's a good guy, we know Mark, you know, his wife, blah, blah, I'm like, hmm, interesting, that's not the tone you guys took with Harvey Weinstein, but mm-hmm. interesting choice. But then yesterday, so yesterday, it was Friday, I was home, and uh, Mika, and so another thing too about that I want to say is, Mika made the statement, Joe, she was like, and I speak for Joe and myself, and I'm like, whoa, why can't Joe speak for himself? I said, Joe, he's a grown-ass man. I'm like, why do you, first of all, why do you guys have the women, woman reading this statement, why doesn't the man read the statement who probably had more interactions with Mark Halpring and these jokes and this kind of behavior. Interesting choice. So on Wednesday, I mean, so on Friday, uh, more, uh, Mika and Joe weren't there. I think Nicole Wallace was running the, this thing and they were talking about, um, Roy Moore and stuff like that. And it, it was actually a great show. Like they actually, it was way more, uh, I, I always loved the show. I actually love Martin and Joe more when Joe and Mika are. Well, we got, we, you know, the, you can identify the single point of failure on Morning Joe. Yeah. Right? Like, the problem with Morning Joe is Joe Scarborough. Yes. If you get people that actually know what they're talking about and actually care about the content they're creating and not just using it to bloviate themselves, you can get a pretty good show. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to do this right now because it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll say this for the end of the show. Um, the, um, no, you're absolutely right. So Joe and Mika are not there. And, and, and now, that, now that you know that... Here's the thing. Mika was also used to be a standoff. It's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit better. But now that she's married or engaged to Joe, she's taking on Joe's qualities. So interesting thing there. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. What now? You didn't know that they were engaged? Oh, yo, 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 oh, oh. Sorry. Let's take it back a little bit. Wait, 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 wait. What? Oh, so you didn't know that? You know how it went down? So, um, <clears throat> yeah. So apparently they were having a secret relationship the entire time. I uh, thought that. Like, I know that's been the joke. That's been the joke. But, but apparently, because he had divorced, he had gotten divorced, she had divorced her husband secretly, and they had been in a relationship for a while. I think the reason, and then one day I come in, and like, um, Harold Ford Jr.'s like, he's like, he's, congratulations to Joe and Mika. I'm like, well, I was like, and it comes up that they were, all of a sudden, the news breaks that they are engaged now. I figured out what it was. Their feud was Trump. I think Trump was going to say something about it. And that's why all of a sudden it came out. Cause I think Trump was gonna. I think Trump was gonna hit hit, hit him back. Yo, I, I think Trump was gonna. I think Trump was gonna hit back at. Him. Cause you know they started feuding with Trump. And I think Trump hit, was gonna hit back at him like, yo. So you know, Joe Amica has been in his relationship for a while now. Cause yeah, yeah. I'm hitting a WeeBay gift in real time. Right yeah, it, it was like it was like it was like a few months ago. 
Yeah, it was a few months, several months ago. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Oh, yeah, so, wow. So, yeah, they, they are officially now a couple and are engaged. Because the other thing, too, that got kind of weird for me, I'm like, so wait, you're engaged now? So that means there had to be a time when you guys were dating. There's overlap. But, 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 but you, Mika, I know for, for, for sure, had a husband That's, that you brought up with the... Yeah, they were there's o- No, there's overlap. Oh, yeah, there's definitely overlap. Oh, there was definitely infidelity. And I think I think Trump knew. I think Trump and some Trump people were gonna spill it. And they decided to get ahead of the story. And they and they and they they came out as engaged before Trump could actually hit him with it. And Yo Yeah, messy. That is messy. wild and proper. Yeah, yeah, messy. So so they weren't there yesterday. And there's a good show. But I'm sitting thinking about back in my mind, I'm going, Okay, you guys are going on over one more, you're talking about Martin and all it's great, but there's no mention of Mark Halpern. They had John Halman, who I actually like. I like John Halman. I think he was way more talented. I think he was way... When, anytime he did something with uh, Mark Halpern, I was like, yo, he was a guy you, you keep. He seemed more aware. But I'm like, Mark, you co-wrote that book with, Hal, with, with, with Halpern. You had the show, co-hosted the show with Halpern, and you're not mentioning Halpern as in this thing. Like, you need to do that. To show that you understand that it, it's not, it's, and I understand this. I understand, I'm going to go into why I understand this more than a lot of people understand. Understand how it's hard to do that, to look at your people that you're friends with, people that you've known, and go, and this person too. But not doing that in this environment, in this time, day and age, tells me that I don't think you understand and that you might still not, you might still let this behavior go. And you're only saying this because it's not. It's not in your best interest. Right. It, it, it is not in their best interest, and they're more concerned with keeping the peace than actual achieving a resolution, right? Like, so the, the thing with Corn, one thing that I saw from a lot of people that I know have spent, like, extensive time with him is just the shock that this person that they have led into their homes, that they've communed with, whose kids that they've met, whatever, they're like, I didn't know. I push back against that for this reason. If if your relationship with this person was as intimate as you guys are claiming, you've seen him do these things. More than likely what happened is you wrote it off as just, oh, he that's just how he is. It's just him being him. Right? Because you 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 normalize it because in your mind you're saying he's a good person. He wouldn't do that unless he, you know, you rationalize it. Right. That. And 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 I think and to me, corn's a different situation. Like I, I really do look at people differently when they say that they didn't see that from him because he exhibited that. That was his personality. That's what he exhibited. He exhibited this idea of just grab over my ass and just like, like he he did that kind of like. There was one tweet he had uh, where somebody had said something about you guys are always t- calling everything rape, but sometimes you just got to choke a woman, you know. And he had retweeted. He's like, I'm just saying, like that kind of shit. Yeah. Like here's the thing. One of the things that's been interesting about Twitter is the explosion of people being more open, um, not just with their sexuality, but with uh, the idea of sex and, and talking about sex and and their kinks and what and what they, and what they and what they like, right? And I think that's great, I, particularly, particularly with women. I've always been hesitant. This is not the right word. I've always been your spidey senses go off. My spidey senses go off when it's men. Yes. Because men don't know consent. And and men flirt this line of 
what you're saying is kinky versus it's rapey. And so when I see these men are all part of that whole that that whole part of the Twitter where it's just like you're open with sexual, I talk about sex all the time and stuff like that. I I, I don't feel I, I, it rubs me the wrong way. I, it just does. So that combined so that combined with the I am a feminist ally persona. <sighs> those two things are gigantic red flags for me. Right? Um, no. Even on a, an earlier show I did with you guys, we talked about the um, the consent castle. Right yeah. about how like how consent actually works. I know they're not doing that, and I know that they're they're entering into these spaces under the guise of being a feminist ally because it lets them near women who are open with their sexuality. I, I tell people all the time, like um, it's always weird because I always get the, go to hit with this like from the like it was weird seeing Tariq Nasheed go. Oh, so you guys let this guy? You guys are talking about me, but you let this guy like you know because you're rapey too. Like you like you're only going at corn right now because at him and some other people went at you. But like, if 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 that didn't happen, you would be doing a show called "Corn Was Trying to Buy NBC" because that's what you did for Bill Cosby, and you did the same thing with Ray Rice. You did the same thing with any other male black male rapists out there. You did the same thing with Nate Parker. All these black men who are rapists, you've defended them, or and you turned around. And if you didn't defend them, you did something like I think you probably did something with R. Kelly where you tried to defend. He tried to blame it on black women. So it's like you're you're not excused out of this. You're still trash too. Um, but because of the black male feminist thing, I. Here's the thing. I don't call myself a feminist because I'm not. I'm a black man who respects women and understands feminist ideas and supports black feminists. That's my role. I am an ally. Like It's like you wouldn't look at a white person who is supportive of uh, the black liberation movement and going, oh, you're black. You're, you're a black activist. You wouldn't call them that. So I can't call myself a feminist because I'm, I'm not. I'm a I'm a. I'm a black man, and I have my problems. And I'm working through them. I'm trying to understand, and I I learn from black feminists, and, and I try to support where I can. That's what it is. But when I see these men actually call themselves black male feminists, it like you said, it's a red flag, and it's one of those things. I go, why do you need that label? So yeah, I, I'll put it this way: everybody that I fuck with on that level that I have these discussions with, they make it a point to not call themselves feminists, right? They don't, they don't come out and say that they're against feminism, but we all have this understanding of while we support black feminists, while we support women, while we do what we can in the spaces that we have it's and not we our have space. access to, that ain't us. It's not our space. Right? So any and every th- – this goes across race, right? Every time I've seen a male feminist or someone that calls himself a male feminist, they spend their time – not talking to men, but talking to women about feminism. And I'm like, yo, if you're a real male feminist, your job isn't to talk to women about feminism. It's to talk (laughs) Talk to to men. men. Like, so like on my timeline, I make it a point not to argue with women on certain topics, right? Like if, if there's a a pick me discussion or whatever happening, I make it a point not to go at women on that because that's not my space to do that. I do not feel comfortable doing that. I feel more comfortable talking to other men about how we play into this environment and what we can do to get better, right? Like, that's where I feel my time is better spent, right? There have been been a few times where people have come to our show or they've contacted me or Eric and said, yo – you guys seem to get it. Do you want to talk about this subject? And I'm like, yo, talk to Asher Bree. Because I got to be honest, I don't feel comfortable going on your show to talk about a feminist issue and I'm a dude. 
right? I, that just it just does not. I, and, I, I, it just doesn't make me feel comfortable. And let's just, and let's just talk about what dudes need to do. Yes, like uh, that's the only like the only time yeah. I come on shows to talk about this stuff. It's like we have to make sure we talk about it, and the like the frame has to be what men can do. When we talk about rape, it's like oh, it's what we as men need to do. Like that is our space. That's what we need to do. That's how we handle this shit. It's just that's what it is, and it's just. But like you're you're right. It's like you had these these male feminists, and what they do is. You can tell, like, you are setting yourself up to put yourself around women to make yourself seem as a safe space for women, and you're not, and that's not what this is for. There, There is a Facebook group. So when Facebook was, like, really hitting its stride in, like, 05, 06, they just introduced groups. One of the Facebook groups was One Million Black Students. There was this dude there, and he put on the whole male feminist persona but all the women got a vibe from him, right? Collectively, like, they I, they, they didn't mention it because whatever we do, right, like, we, we just make women feel like, oh, okay, it's just me. It's just me. It's just me. It's mm-hmm. just me. Something happened, and then all the women at once started commenting on this public thread, and they all had the exact same story about this guy. And he was quickly expelled from the paint. And it's like, I know the initial reaction to some people would be like, well, why weren't they talking? Because the environment was such that they didn't feel, they either A, didn't feel safe to talk about it, or B, they had been gaslit to a point where they felt like, oh, it's uh-huh. just me. Right? Like, <clears throat> I see a lot of that happening where it's these guys that build themselves up as safe spaces, but they're not. But because they have this safe space persona, People feel afraid to talk out against that because now it's like, why are you trying to tear down one of the good ones? Right, and so and then so that leads to the other thing, and then I'll get into my my, my whole thing is, um, the the flip side of this is there's also the aspect of you you really do believe this person's a good person, and you haven't seen anything. That would, like I said, I don't believe that that fits corn because, like I said, but he was too like the, out the, there with the people in his inner circle. Definitely saw him do these things, right? Like I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't believe because I've seen him brag about this shit. So it's just like I can't do that. But there are others, and I'll, I'll so here I'll, I'll just go into my story. All right. So if you're new to the to the MTR network, welcome. I'm glad. I'm glad you're new <laughs> to the network, and I'm. I don't know when you guys sign in and stuff like that. But anybody who was here before this knows that um, before up till middle of 2014, I had another code. Well, I've had several codes before, but before then it was Kev. And then came summer of summer of 2014. I did that one solo show where I was like, yo, Kev is no longer in the show. He's not going to be associated with us. And it's that serious. And I don't even, like at that point, anybody, cause I've had people come and tell me, it's like, yo, I really thought you were going to be done. I, I thought you, were, you weren't going to move on. Because I, I think I said to myself, I don't know if I'm moving forward. I don't know if I could move forward. Um, but I've never, and when people have come up and asked me the story of what happened to Kev, I've been open and honest and told them exactly everything was happening. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever asked and I've ever told you. I, I've never felt comfortable enough to ask. Okay. But just, and, and, I, and I've, had, I've had people say this, like, yo, I've never felt comfortable enough to ask. I'm like, Oh, well, I'll tell you because I, I, I anybody's ever asked, I told. Well, I've, I've, I've been around you and Brandon long enough to like piece together. Yeah, and so, um, like I said, we're, we're, none of us are ever sorry about it. But I've realized I've ever, ever, I never actually did a show 
to explain it. I think with everything that's going on right now, I was thinking about this last, I wrestled with this last night. I was like, you know, I think now's the time to actually just go ahead and go and tell everything that's happened. Because it's one of the things I don't do. I, I, it was one of the things I, I, I realized it was a fucking problem. I shut it down. And I was like, yo, we're not associated with and everything. Else. I'll go in the background. So, so first of all, some background on me and Kevin. Kevin at one point is my best friend. And, and I, I don't say that lightly because it is so funny. I've been, I've gone to two weddings this year, Brandon and, and D Palms. And I've gone to these weddings. I've sat there. It's one of those interesting things. It's like, man, if I ever get married, I don't know who my best friend, I don't know who my best man's going to be. Cause I don't really hang out with people like that. <laughs> like, it's one of those weird, like I am, I'm a very private person. You know, I, I just am. I, I don't, I don't hang out. Like I, honestly, Justin, Brandon, uh, uh, Daniel, like these are people that know me abroad. These are the men that know me the most right now. It's because of everything we do with, through podcasts and online. I don't really hang out from there. Like, like Kev was somebody I, I, I knew Kev since high school. We actually might have gone to elementary school together. I think we actually did. We really got back together in 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 in, in high school, and then uh, he went to Morgan. I went to um, uh, UMBC, and somehow we end up uh, linking up again after we both graduated. Uh, I don't know what it was. I think he started. We started. Uh, me started doing the podcast. I can't remember if it was when I was uh, hosting with uh, Rice or I was hosting with um, Dylon. Um, but then something when when Dylon had to leave, he started saying, "Hey, uh, I can start hosting with you." And 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 me and Kev did everything. First of all, our birthday was close together. He's his birthday was also in May. Mine's in May. We're like a week apart in, in May. Uh, we do things when um, we went to the first UFC uh, fan club. First ever fan club that ever UFC ever did in Vegas. Me and him was like, we like, let's go. Let's, we we went hung up with him. We got pictures. Went down there. We went to we went to these fights. Like he shared my passion for fights. He got me back into reading comic books. It's just like he's a reason. Kevin's a reason why we're able to get movie reviews right now. He knew somebody who knew somebody who. Uh, first of all, he is the one that used to get us the 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 the, the little the passes first. Then he started talking. To the guy who ran, who who was working the door, it's also named Kev, um, and he got us to apply to be um, press in the area, and we did. So he's the reason why you know movie trailer reviews ever even happens. Me and him at one point started doing uh, so weird. I, I, I sidebar: I'm kicking myself for not continuing this because now everybody does trailer reactions. Me and Kev started doing this a long time ago. That was what movie trailer reviews was. Right. We review the trailer of movies. And everybody oh, that's huge. And I'm like, should have kept doing it. Because now, trailer reactions are the thing on YouTube. Yes, they are. And I, I went back and looked at one of the ones we did for, like, it's on another account, not on our MTR Network one. It's like Piranha 3D. It's not like 15,000 views. I'm like, oh, God damn it. And I think like, our, our Red Tails review has so, it might have a million, it might almost have a million views on it. It's like, I look back at it and I'm like, if I had just kept up going, doing what we were doing then, and built on that, but I can't think about it. But anyway, so we used to do all that shit. So, um, you know, Kev is, you know, me and Kev always hung out. That's like really great friend. Uh, the fight parties I used to do at the house for UFC fights. We would alternate. I'd do something one one week, one 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 month would be my house. Next month would be uh, at Kev's. And that's the thing. Every month we were doing a fight party. Like, and everybody knew it was like, oh, fight coming out. Is it your place or Kev's? Like, that's what it is. Kev, uh, Rod and Karen know Kev through me. Brandon knows uh, Kev through me. Uh, like, all that stuff. So, and, and I think as we go to the story, I, I, I've always said this with Brandon. Like, I don't, I couldn't figure out when me and him got really close. 
it's because of the cap thing. I, 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 it didn't hit me until I started thinking about this last night. I was like, that's what did it. Like this, this, this story. So, 2013. 2013, I'll start in May. May, our birthday. I think uh, Kevin and I hang out. Everything's fine. I don't think anything happened. I think everything's fine. Fast forward, I want to say July or so. We applied and we got in to New York Comic Con. And New York Comic Con's in October. That's our first time ever applying for a con. I think we had done, like, Baltimore. But, like, Baltimore's not a big con. Like, New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con are the big cons. And we applied for the first time ever as press for movie trailer reviews. And that's a big thing. We're like, oh, me, Kevin, Phenom are going to go to New York Comic Con. Like, this is a huge thing. Our first time actually being, like, we had already gotten press for... The, the screener, but now we're going to be pressed at a thing. Huge. So come like August, Kev something says, says something weird to me. It's like, hey, man, I might not be able to go with you guys in your Comic-Con. What are you talking about, dude? It's like, yo, like we've been preparing for this. Like This is our thing. We're going to – this is what we've been waiting for. It's like, man, I, I can't tell you right now, but not going to be able to go. All right. So come like two weeks before me and Fiona are going, Kev calls me up one day. He's like, hey, listen – I'm not going to be able to go. This is what happened, yo. So, like, I got arrested and got house arrest. I'm like, huh. Okay. Then in the back of my mind, I'm like, weed. Kind of smoked a lot of weed. It's weed. So he's like, I'm like, yo, so what happened? He's like, yo, cops raided my apartment, and they arrested me, and the, the you know the trial just happened. I'm like, what, the trial already happened? Like, you didn't call any of us and let us know anything? What's going on? What's going on? It's like, yeah, man, well, it, was, it was a little more complicated. And I was like, what, was it weed? He's like, yeah, I mean... They did find some weed, but that wasn't really a big thing. It's like, so it's like, you know how, you know, I do, because at this point, Kev was working, um, he was doing, and I think, if you, guys, if you guys remember these stories from back then, he used to do uh, karaoke, and he had, a, he had a work laptop he had from them. He was like, yo, he's like, this is what happened. Like, I had this, this laptop, and you know I used to download music, and he was using, still using LimeWire. Now, look, all right, I saw this, I saw somebody say this on Twitter today, and it, it, I was like, this is perfectly timing because this, this sums up line. If you have never used LimeWire or BitTorrent or anything like that and you don't understand this, you get this. Using LimeWire, and this is what the, the, the meme said, was was like having unprotected sex with the rest of the Internet. It's not like you can get yourself in trouble using LimeWire. Like you can find you, – like, and it wouldn't be your fault. It's just like you're trying to download some music and you get some shit you're not supposed to get. Like it's just – like you got to be careful with LimeWire. This is the reason why even now, when I, if I use BitTorrent for something, I look at the comments to make sure it's what it's supposed to be. Yes. I do not let it run overnight. I get what I need to get, and I get the fuck out, and I shut it down. I don't seed anything. So I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, what happened? He's like, so they raided the apartment, and they found the laptop, and they said there was – they said they had found, like, this one video, this child porn video on the on the laptop. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? He was like – Yo, but it's like I was using LimeWire and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm like, so, and I'm like waiting for him to tell me what's going on. It was like, yo, but like, you know, I had a lawyer. He went through it, and they, they the, the judge, they were, the, the, he was like, the DA was being a dick about it, but like, the judge and the lawyer kind of worked it out, and they were like, they're just gonna give me house arrest. It'll be okay. He's like, they understand that it wasn't my fault, and I was using LimeWire. I'm like, okay. Now looking back at it, sign number one, and I look back at it now, going. I should ask way more fucking questions. But again, this is my best friend. This is somebody I know. This is somebody I trust. Somebody I'm around. I'm like, 
All right, cool. I trust you, man. Well, you need anything? Do you need me to come to the trial? Do you need a character witness? What do you need? He's like, oh, no, no, we already had it. Like, the, the you know, um, this is be house arrest. I'm like, okay, man, kind of like, did anybody go to your trial? He's like, my mom did, and that's it. I'm like, huh, again, sign number two. Didn't ask any of us to come support him, all right? So that's where, and again, if you remember, if you were following us back then, that's why you didn't hear Kevin all those reviews. That's why Kev kind of fell back, because Kev wasn't able to go to the reviews anymore. It'd be me and Phenom, and that's why I think me and Phenom became closer because it was always me and Brandon going to everything. Like me and him always hooked up and would go to watch the movies and things like that. And so going through all this stuff, it's like, you know, and again, if you remember Kev, Kev was always a little depressed. He was always a little – so he was going through it. Like it's like he didn't have – you know, people uh, – he wasn't able to go out. Uh, his his – um, uh, I think later on that year you – know, it's actually sorry, it's New Year's into going into New Year's Day. I remember he called me because I was going for a run because I was practicing. I was training for my fight. I was going for a run. I get a call from Kev and his mom had died suddenly. And I'm like, he's going through it. They wouldn't let him go to, they wouldn't let him go to see his mom, uh, his mom's body. They let him go to their funeral, but they wouldn't. So it's like everything, like people were trying their hardest to kind of like support Kev as hard as they could. Like I remember during Chris, I didn't go cause I had a girlfriend at the time. Um, uh, but his, uh, his friends all they got their kids. Everybody went. They went and had a Christmas dinner at his place, right? And so this is what's always going on. We're all trying to support Kev. And every now and then he'll say something. I'm like, he's like, hey, man, everything going with your parole? Thing? Like, he's like, oh, yeah. I mean, they're being weird about me, like, using the Internet. But, like, they're saying it's cool. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Like, are you, are you, you're allowed to use it, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, they're just being – they're just checking and making sure. Like, it's just weird because they're treating me like I'm, I'm a criminal. Like, well, technically you kind of are because you – did this, but yeah, it's weird. Don't even worry about it. I'm like, all right, cool. Again, at this point, I'm kind of naive. I don't know a lot of people who have been on parole. I don't know a lot of people that have been on like house arrest. I don't. I'm I, like, I'm just like, I don't know how that shit works. So I didn't ask, again. Don't ask questions. Um. So in that year, we also applied to go to San Diego Comic Con. So me, Phenom, and Kevin applied. They get back to us in February and tell us they can only give you two. So Phenom had already, I think he was going to Governor's Ball or something like that. So he had already, so it was like with me, me and Kev. And by that time, Kev was going to be off of house arrest. He'd be able to go. Um, and he got off of house arrest in, in April. So we're like, all right, cool. We're, we're, you're going to go to San Diego. Me and you head out to San Diego. We'll do all this stuff. It'll be great. Um, he went to Awesome Con that year. Uh, this is before we started doing our panels and stuff like that. So he went to Awesome Con that year. I remember that. that and I, I was happy for him because I was like, oh, he finally got out. He'll be able to get a new job. He got a new apartment. He got a roommate. He had one of his friends. She, um, she signed up. She, she just, cause he was having a problem finding a, you know, a, a, a thing. Cause he even told me during this time, there was certain things he was telling me. He's like, yeah, 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 man. They're not going to put me on the, the sex offender registry. So it's not even like that. It's like, it's like all this stuff that like, again, when you look back at it and, and it starts piecing together. It's like, okay. So did, was it that? He was like, no, it was, they, they were more in trouble with the weed and things like that. All right, cool. Memorial Day weekend 2014, we had a, a fight party slash cookout here. Kev comes over, a couple other people come over. Everything's fine. It's so weird. I actually had the paperwork to sign to make MTR Network an LLC. I was actually going to have Kev sign with me and us both be co-owners of the company. Something weird happened, and I didn't have it or forgot. Don't know what it was, but thank God I, that didn't happen because... That Tuesday, I'm going to work, and I get a text message from Kev. 
hey man, I'm letting you know right now. Uh, they're rearresting me right now. I'm going back to jail. What the fuck happened? What happened? It's like weed. It's like, what do you mean weed? It's like, man, I failed a polygraph test and they were asking me about weed and I told them I smoked weed. And I'm like, dude, dumbass. Like, and I know. I know he had been smoking weed while he was on parole. Once again, it was another one of the things that, and again, I'm feeling bad because I'm like, see, I should have been a better friend and should have told him, dude, you're on house arrest. Don't smoke weed. You can, they can find that out. Don't do that shit, right? Uh, later on, I think either that week or next week, I actually go see him in, 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 in the jail. I talked to him. He's like, yeah, man, they got me for a little weed. I told him I just smoked like once or twice. Well, mom died, which again, it makes sense. Cause again, Kev with his mental problems and, and his mom, just, I mean, his mom died suddenly. She was young. She died suddenly, like dropped dead in the shower. It was, it's like brain aneurysm. It was, it was one of the, it, was, it was horrific, right? Just out of nowhere. She wasn't sick or anything like that. Just dropped dead. I'm like, well, that makes sense. Like, you know, well, your lawyer should be all right. He was like, yeah, my lawyer should be fine. My lawyer said it'll be okay. I'll still be able to go to San Diego. I'll be out of here in a week. It'll be fine. And I was like, okay, cool. It's like, you need anything from me? No. It's like, all right. I, I think I asked one of his other friends. I was like, yo, when is this trial? I'm going to come up there to support. Because, again, trying to be the good friend. And being the person to be in support of other person. Again, this is something I'm, I'm normally not this guy. I'm just more like, you're on your own. Because it's like, that's not my shit. Like, you do you, I'll do me. But I'm try, I try to be a good friend when I can, right? When I'm a friend, I'm a loyal friend. So I go to the trial. It's me, his other friend, and his roommate are there. And so we get there, cuff, and we're in, sitting in the, in the galley, and, and the judge comes in, and, and, and Kev comes in. And the DA's there, and, and his lawyer's there. And um, the first thing that started making me question things is, because remember, Kevin told me he just he smoked a little weed here. First thing that came out is that the the jury, the judge or somebody, or the DA says something that he had, he had admitted to smoking weed like 400 times while he was on, while he was under house arrest. And I'm sitting there going, that's more than a little weed, nigga. That's 400 times. That's basically every day. You were on house arrest or more. So what the fuck are you doing? His 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 lawyer that he said was all for him and his advocate and stuff like that was basically calling him a dumbass. His lawyer basically conceded everything that the, the, the DA said, which I'm like, that's weird. It seems like your lawyer's really mad at you. And I can't remember exactly what it is that either the oh I know what it was. The DA then also went like and the other thing he was doing was he kept using a computer even though he was told not to use a computer. And I'm like. Hmm? Wait a minute. He told me he was fine to do that. He told me he was able to use a computer. Dean was like, no. He was not supposed to use a computer. He was supposed to be completely on house arrest, completely off the internet, not using a computer. And I'm like, nigga, you've been doing everything for us through the internet and using a computer. What are you doing? You, to, you, you told us that this was, you told us that you had told them this is part of your job, and this is part of your business, and you were able to do this, and the D is like, no, you're not able to do this. So I'm, we're just sitting there, and, and like, so they basically, the judge suspended his, because apparently he had a suspended sentence. It wasn't just house arrest. He had a suspended sentence. Because the judge did was like, all right, well, nigga, you're going to jail now. Now you're, I'm sorry, you're going to prison now. Now you got to serve the rest of the time in prison. Not to jail, not, not house arrest. You're, you're going to prison and his lawyer basically like, well, well, you got to go to prison. You got to go to prison. It's like, so we walked out 
And his roommate, his roommate's picked because his roommate, they had, apparently they had gone to several different places to finally get him. Because apparently he was on the sex offender registry list. And it took them forever to find a house that would allow him to live there. So she had to then move out because he's going to prison. He's not going to be able to be there anymore. Um, his other friend was just like, I don't know what's going on. But something on me was like, if he lied to us about the weed, what else did he lie about? Because this seems way more than just weed and a video that he didn't mean to download, but somehow ended up on his computer. And I started going back and every, I'm like, things don't make sense. So I started, I can't remember if I did this before or after. I started calling the people. I'm like, what did Kev tell you about him going to house arrest? I know he had told a lot of people because everybody who I would talk to would be like, oh, yeah, we know. And I'm like, oh, you know. Okay. And what happens is you don't ask questions. You're like, oh, you know. Okay. You know about, you know about Kevin's situation? Oh, yeah, I know. Okay, cool. So I started asking, what do you know? And I started getting different stories. I started getting, oh, well, it was his other computer. Some people didn't know it was about anything that they thought it was just weed. Like, I was getting a bunch of different stories. I was like, all right, cool. Because now I'm feeling, I'm, now I'm getting angry because now I feel like I've been used as cover for something. And I've introduced this, pe- this person to other people. I decided to get the transcript to the original file, the original, the original trial. When I tell you I'm disgusted by what I hear is an understatement. I get the original. I, I I put my money down because you. He, I think it's in Baltimore. You can you can. I think it's like twenty bucks or something like that. You can get a you can get a a, a disc of the original transcript, and it's not even a transcript. It's they actually have an audio transcript, so you actually hear people. You actually hear the judge. You hear the the defendant, the the DA, everything, and and, and they they break down what the charges were. Weed was nothing in it. it had nothing to do with weed. This is what happened. Kevin had willingly and knowingly downloaded two child porn videos, and he had admitted to it. It was an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old, and he had admitted to it. When they went to trial, they said the, the, the officer asked him, and he admitted to doing it. He had given some BSQ. Now, it wasn't some, I was downloading music, and it ended up on there. It wasn't some, some No. He had actually physically downloaded it. And I'm like, this is, this is nothing what you told me. I had, I, when I tell you I had no indication that he was like this, when I tell you that nothing he told me told me that he had, he would even do such a thing. I'm shocked. But what, what, what got me beyond that was just that, now I'm going back and I'm comparing all the different stories. Everybody. So the next day, I get on the phone and I start calling other people. I call his other friends. I'm like, and one of them had other people there because they had all gotten, a couple of them had taken over work today and gotten together to kind of start. They started doing the same thing I was doing was comparing stories like, hey, what's going on? Like, this is weird because now he's going to jail. Like, what are we going to do? So there was like, are you guys all there? I told, I told them what I heard on the tape. I was like, this is what's going on. One of them, like, had kids and had brought the kids with him to that, that Christmas dinner. And I'm just like, 
He didn't tell. It was like he didn't tell you what exactly. He was like, no, didn't tell me anything. We each got different stories. We were each told different things. He then went outside of the, 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 the close friend personal circle. He then went out because then I started expanding out beyond that that group and I started talking to other people that I knew he directly interacted with. So I called Rod and Karen. I'm like, yo, Rod, like, what did he tell you? And what did he? And I'm like, he was like, yeah, he went out and he went out and started calling, telling people that he didn't need to tell and that he didn't really interact with like that. Started telling and it, just to tell them lies. And I'm just like. You had people out here vouching for you. And honestly, what happened was a lot of people even told me, it's like, yeah, I kind of just feel it was okay because, you know, you, he knew you. And so I'm like, now I'm being used as cover for your bullshit. So around the same time that I, I got in the transcript, I actually got in a letter from him from, from prison. And I'm reading, the, I'm reading the letter, and I probably got, still got it around here somewhere. And he's still on some bullshit. He doesn't know at that point that I had gotten the transcript. So he's still talking about the weed. And so I remember writing back to him and being furious. I'm like, nigga, you're talking about weed. Nigga, what about the two videos? Like, I heard the transcript. You're, you're still trying to lie to me and tell me that it's one thing when I know very clearly it's another. What the fuck? And never got an answer. Like, he sent me one more, and I, I never responded to it. And it was just like, at this point, I, I can't, I, I can't do it. I can't, I can't believe this. It's like, you know, and, and, and it's at that point because it's always funny. Like now, I get people who tell me, "Oh, whenever I stand up for like things like against rape and and and, and pedophilia or things like that, people go, oh, you're just doing this to get women.'" And I'm like, "No, I'm doing this because I, I fucking lived this. I, I actually lived and was friends with somebody who took advantage of me." in my kindness and did something really fucking horrible. And I know that I can't be silent. Like I can't, I have to speak up. Like this is, this, this is the motivating factor for what actually helped me change. Like I, I, I definitely thank all the black feminists out there who have helped open my eyes to a lot of different things and things like that. But one of the motivating factors is understanding that it's, it was literally my best friend. It was literally somebody who I invited into my home who I would have had no problem seeing with other with, with kids or people I knew, other people's kids. And it was like, oh yeah, it's Kev, it's fine, it's, it's no no problem. But this is the reality of, of of what I didn't know, of things he had done, and it's like, yo, I don't know if he went beyond that. I don't know if it was just that one time, but I'm like, yo, that one time is enough. You did that shit. You admitted to going and not not. You were searching for something else, and it came up, and somehow, and no, he admitted to it on the tape of going and searching for it and downloading it. And I'm like, think of all those to catch a predator things we talked about, and you would sit there beside me and talk all this shit about all these people, and you did the same fucking thing. The the what what do you? What do you think I am? Like, what what do you think? What is your opinion of me that you think that somehow that's okay? And then maybe it's okay that you think that I wouldn't do that, and that's why you lied to me and didn't tell me the full truth. Because you knew I wouldn't be able to fuck with that shit. You know? And and so that's where I come in at on this. Like, 
yo, you can, and, and again, when I say like, Kev never showed any of this kind of like weird behavior, but he was always kind of creepy. People always said kind of, sometimes he'd be a little creepy. Not like he like fill up on them or do anything like that, but he would just be like, they would get a vibe. Right. And I was like, well, you know, he is kind of awkward and weird. And we always use that awkward term, right? He's, he's awkward. Yeah. Not anymore. At this point, I always like, yo, when I see the red flags or I see people feel a vibe or something like that, I gotta go with my instincts. And I gotta just say and go, something's not right here, or dig deeper. And I and, and to this day I still look at myself going, Why didn't I ask more questions? And again, it goes to that idea of when you see your friend and somebody close to you, you're like, Okay, I'll I'll trust you that you know what you're doing and if you need help and you really wanna talk, you'll tell me. It's like when it comes to certain things you can't. And so and that's where I was like, yo, from that moment on, like if I see that shit, we had a, a situation, I think, what, last year, where one of our friends did something, we were just like, yo, you got to calm down. You got to, you got to, you got to, you got to, what you're doing right now, you're fucking up. And it is hard to do that with friends, because you don't want to lose that friendship. And you think about all the memories you had, all the friendship you had, you know, but like, it's what you got to do. Like, if you want to, if we want to change our society, if we want to change who we are and be better people... We have to be better people, you know, and yeah, and and that's Kevin's situation, and and that's where I was just like, oh no, like once I did the once once I went in there because at no point did I go, oh well, you know, well maybe they maybe they forced him to say that, maybe he no, I was just, I mean I was just like yeah, you 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 lied, you told a bunch of told a bunch of lies, you downplayed what actually happened, you didn't come to us, you know, like you like what the fuck, dude. And, and and you have me out here basically like he would I remember the first day, um like I, I went out after this, I, I went out and I, I emailed like all the um like the reps for that were giving us our stuff. I told him, Hey look, he's no longer he's no longer part of this organization. So do not answer anything for him, do not send anything to him. It's just us. Like you just deal with me directly. Cause I was doing the thing, I let him handle all that stuff. He used to get all the emails. He used to get all the, the stuff, like everything that handled with PR stuff. Like he, he was using from his, his personal email address. So I started thinking, I was like, if he did this stuff, I bet you he's on the registry. I put his name in. Full name. Pops up right there. And I'm just like, dude, you weren't even going to tell me you were on the registry. You weren't even going to tell me any of this shit. You you weren't gonna tell me any of this stuff, and I would never have known. Besides, and, and again, that's I look at it as like that's my fault for not digging deeper, and that's why from that before I'm like no no from that mm-mm, I don't do that shit no more. And that that was the moment when I was like, you can't be you can't sit idly by, and hope that somebody a does the right thing, b tells you all the information. You have to be, and and that's where it's hard, and that's why I always use myself as an example of you know. Being better, um, uh, uh, reaching out, um, making sure that I look at what I'm doing and making sure that it fits into the whole live your raps thing. If I'm going to tell, if I'm going to tell other people that they need to go ahead and look at themselves and look at the people around them and speak out about that, I got to make sure I do the same thing. And I'm like, yo, I've, I've done that. I've gone through that and did that shit. And you know what? That shit fucking sucks. It's, it's hard. 
But you know what the other great thing I, I realized about that is, and, and what happened after that, a lot of people didn't know the specifics. But I know, like I said, I, I remember I, to this day I still have people coming to me so like, yo, that episode you did with solo, like I, we thought you were like done, like we thought you were not going to do anything. And I was like, kind of thought so too. But the great thing about it is, I had a bunch of people that came up to me afterwards, who have filled that gap that I had of losing a friend, losing a best friend, and 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 and, act, and honestly made me better. It made me a better person. It made the business a better a better business. Everything about it has been better because of that. Because of be, because of cutting that off. And I think that's something that you see now that people are so afraid to 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 cut that off. Like if I cut that off. Can I survive without them? And the answer is yes. It's not going to be easy. You're going to struggle. Like, I remember the first time I went to a um, screener that first week. I was like, yo, do they know? Do they think that Do they think that I do the same thing Kevin does? Do they know what he – and I was just like – and I thought all that. So I, I internalized all of it because not, and eventually I had to get to the point where I was like, he did this shit. He did it. He lied to everybody. And the moment that people found out about it, they cut him the fuck off. But it's just like – you know, I look back at it like, oh, I, again, it, it took like six months, I think. It wasn't even a full year. But it's like, I look back at it going, man, I really wish I had been smarter. I really wish I had asked a question that at this point, this is why I have to do this. And this is why I look at this stuff and I'm like, yeah, you got to ask the questions and you got to put yourself under a microscope and, and make yourself uncomfortable. You know, and, and, and go the extra mile. Like I said, I didn't have to go and get that transcript. But I was like, yo, I need to know. I need to, I need to find out for myself from an objective third party exactly what's happening. Because right now I'm getting a bunch of information from other people who are telling different stories because they were told different stories from a guy who has literally lied in your face. Over the littlest thing. Like the weed thing with the, honestly, the weed thing with the littlest thing in the world. Like everybody smokes weed. Like, you got in trouble for smoking weed. I'm like, okay, nigga, just stop smoking weed. I mean, it's, it's weed. But, like, this other shit? Child porn? What makes you think I'm cool with that shit? So, yeah, that's the story of Kev. That's what happened with that shit, yo. And, and, and that's why it's so important for us to... And it's not comfortable. It is not comfortable. It is not easy to look at people that you've built these bonds with when these situations come up and go that extra mile of validation, right? You want to excuse the behavior because you know the person and you know their backstory and you know their background and you want to just say, I know why they did this. This is wrong, but maybe just, maybe there's some way to reconcile. You got to do the hard. You know what I realized from the whole thing is the reason why that, what you just said there is exactly why these people are predators. And they know it. Yeah. And they know that you're, they're literally taking your loyalty. They're taking your friendship. They're taking, you know me. You know I wouldn't. They take that and they, and, and they're playing on you wanting to believe them. Right. They're, they're, they're preying on the fact that you want them to be good, that you see the good in them. They're preying on that so that they can continue to prey on other people. Yes, and it is it is hard to come to realization of that because you don't want to believe that. You don't want to believe that somebody would treat you like that and do that, but yes, people do that. And you have to confront it, and you have to stand up against it. And there's no shame, I think. I think a lot of people also feel shame. There's, 
we talk about the shame of the victims all the time. But there's, there's, there's indirect victims as well, and those are the people that are their friends and are their family and are the people that are like, hey, listen, I supported this person. I, I, I gave them money. I, I financed their movie. I did this. I did that. And I didn't know because they were, they were always nice to me. You know, you're a woman who was drunk, and the, the, the rapist didn't try to rape you. He protected you. That's because there's always one. He needs somebody to, to vouch for him. And, and so you then become a person going, why, wh- wh- what was I used for? Was I used as cover? Was I used as a, as a smoke screen? And you start feeling that guilt, and you start feeling like I didn't do enough. And to me, the thing is, if you stand up, and you take that hard stance, and you you don't do this. Oh well, you know, if they're true, if the allegations are true, if you come out in a hard stance and go, no, no, this is fucked up and it's wrong, and this has to be stopped, then you are that is that's good. That's what you have to do. And it's just it's rough, man. It's rough. It it's not easy. Um, but doing the right thing is never easy. Yeah. And yeah, that, 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 I think that's why we make it. Uh, on our show we make it a point to like say yo we know when it comes to sexual harassment sexual abuse and sexual assault um and rape it is painted as this monstrous act done by monsters in the dark but it's not just that it is what you may consider daily interactions and you really you really have to refocus and like look at how your friends interact with people and be like yo is this okay I, there was a there was a dude on Twitter who tried to so go you know you know the sexual harassment thing is going too far you know you guys are watering it down by doing things I was like hey, what are you talking about dude it's like it doesn't make any sense he's like my friend basically came out was like well my friend I think of him was um firing his first day for sexual harassment for just saying a hello like comment to a woman I'm like what did he say he told her she had a nice dress on I'm like all right cool all right see this is how you get watered down with how this stuff works is that. I guarantee you it probably wasn't just you have a nice dress on. It was probably like, damn, girl, you're wearing that dress. Which is hella different than it's a nice, that's a beautiful dress you have on right there. Which also... I'm about to say, even the... That's a beautiful right, dress right, right, you right, have right, on. Right, that, right, that's, right. And even then, it's like you should probably know better than not to make that comment because how many dudes do you go up to going, hey, that's a nice suit you have on. So it's like that's the whole thing. You, you might want to not make that comment about people's appearance in a work environment, right? But I was like, I, I, I find it hard to believe that if he just said, it's a beautiful dress you have on, that he would get fired on his first day. It's probably more along the lines of doing several. He was like, there were three meetings in HR. I was a witness, and I was like... Mm-hmm. You know, three meetings in HR is not over a comment, right? Like, that, that's there's there's a lot more to there's that a story. comment, there's a gesture, there's leering, there's, there's, there's hovering... There's a lot of other things that happened to get to that point. But I think the problem goes down to us as, as guys, we tend to not understand what those things are. Don't understand boundaries because it, it, it goes into male entitlement. I, I, I mean, I didn't sexual harass. I didn't, I didn't do a Louis C.K. thing where I whipped my dick out and jerked off in front of a woman. I just grabbed her butt. Yeah, dude, sexual harassment. Oh, I didn't grab her butt. I just, you know, stared at her when she walked away. And when she looked back, I didn't look away. I, I think um, with uh, Andrew Kressberg of the Arrow Flash and, and the, the, the showrunner who got suspended, I think his thing weren't anything as lewd as the other thing. It was like he would for he would he would uh, get uh, female assistants or uh, 
or women who were working for him to give him massages. That is hella inappropriate. Like, at some point, and again, these are these are things that you may see daily and not think anything of it because they are not the monstrous acts done in the dark. That's why the refocus has to be like, if you see these things happening, you'd be like, yo, why, why, why is this okay? Why do you think that this is okay? Why do you think that this interaction is okay? I've been seeing a lot of guys going, so we can't, can't interact with women anymore. Well, maybe you can't. Well, no, if you ask that question, no, like anyone that I see on my timeline, ask that question. I immediately retweet you have, you asking that question. Yes. You have, you no longer have permission to interact with women because you don't understand basic human interaction. You cannot. So no, no, you can't. You're not allowed. You can't. And I'm, I'm done. You know, it was like, you, you realize you can't do this anymore. Like, um, going into the Roy Moore situation, which has been insane with Alabama. Uh, he's running for Senate and the GOP had literally picking like the, the, the comments I've seen about like the ones that have driven me crazy though, are the ones where you had the evangelicals who are trying to justify Roy Moore, apparently having a sexual relationship with a 14 year old at one point. Yes. This was back in the, what the seventies, I think late seventies, early eighties. He was whenever he was 32. Yeah. And, um, they are literally trying to say that, uh, like, oh, let's see, let me see if I can, I, I find this exact one here. Let's see, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, let's see. First, uh, let's see, first Alabama Marion uh, County GOP chair, David Hall told a reporter it was 40 years ago. I really don't see the relevance of it. He was 32. She was supposed, supposedly 14. She's not saying that anything happened other than they kissed. It wouldn't affect whether or not I voted for him. So okay, okay, okay. Let's 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 tackle that statement first. It was forty years ago. He was thirty-two. He was a grown-ass man, right? Like there, there is not much more growing you do mentally once you're thirty-two to seventy-two, right? And it's thirty-two with a fourteen-year-old. You don't get to just yada yada. Oh, he was thirty-two. We kissed a fourteen-year-old. Um, I also love the allegedly 14 because, you know, women be lying about their age. Am I right? Math is, is subjective, so I, I get that. Shit, that's twice her age. More than twice her age. God, it's fucking disgusting. Um, by the way, it wasn't just kissing. Um, the actual the actual allegation is that he removed the clothes of the 14-year-old victim, touched her, and guided her hand to touch his penis. That is the allegation. That is not touching. Or that you, is not you, kissing. You say kissing. I, you know, I say kissing. You say removed her clothes and put his hand, her hand on his, on his penis. I, just you know, like that. That is rape. Motto. That is rape. What we are describing here is rape. This is sexual assault. Just, you know, it's you know, you have your facts. I have my facts. He's going to win out by by double digits. By the way, oh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I know the polls say that they're neck and neck, and I'm like, all right, he's going to win out. He's going to win that state by double digits. And the GOP doesn't give a shit because they'll at least keep us in its seat. Yep. Um, uh, but the most widely reported comment came from Alabama State Auditor Jim Zegler, who told the Washington Examiner. Sorry, guys, I got to I got to kind of just get prepared for this comment here. Right, so so while you're getting prepared for that, I pulled up the exact same. Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You... That's, this is actually one I have. Um, take Joseph and Mary. Mary was a teenager and Joseph was an adult cop carpenter. They became the parents of Jesus. There's just nothing immoral or illegal here. Maybe just a little bit unusual. 
<laughs> yes, what is happening here is the definition of sexual assault. Like, this is the kind you go to jail for, right? Like, this is... Nah, we would rather vote for a child predator. Because it's not just that he's a pedophile. He is a child predator, right? We would rather vote for I don't a child know, predator. I don't know if I have... I don't know if I have his statement or the statement of his lawyer where they basically said that Roy Moore said that he has not dated any 14 year olds without the consent of, of the mother mother. Yes. Which I go. <laughs> so you're so using that logic of that statement, you're saying that as long as you have the consent of the mo- mother, it's okay for a 32-year-old you to date a 14-year-old. If you have to ask her mom if she can come out for a date, maybe, just maybe, you as a 32-year-old man should not be entertaining this uh, and, 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 and it should also be noted that I believe, because again, there's so many of these stories, I might be mixing them up, but I believe it's the same story, that we're only talking about the 14-year-old in here. There were also, I believe, a 16-year-old and a 17- or 18-year-old. But the kicker on this one is, the, the reason why we're talking about the 14-year-old one is, because I believe the age of consent in Alabama is probably 16. So people are saying that it's not, they're not, they're not disputing those. They're just saying, well, he's not technically a pedophile because those fall under the age of consent. Your 30s. Going after you're in your thirties, going after teenagers. That's that's a problem. A sixteen year old in high school. That that is a that six, is a problem. A sixteen year old guys, a sixteen year old. I, I've always I've always been really creeped out about the guys who go with the, the the age of consent stuff. Yeah, and the fact that they would date a sixteen year old. It's like unless maybe you're seventeen or eighteen and you're still in high school, and that 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 kind of you know again, there's that that overlap there. But when you're like, you know, 25 and above and you're telling me that, oh, wow, you know, the age of consent in, in Alabama is 16. So, you know, she's legal. Shit, when you're 21 and you're saying yeah. the age of consent is 16, I'm like, mm, shouldn't there be some 20 year olds you should you should be going for? Maybe, you know, not go after teenagers. And the GOP is literally because here's the thing. And it's so weird because the, the, the GOP went after uh, Hillary Clinton and the DNC over the Harvey Weinstein thing. The RNC still has a joint fundraising uh, agreement with Warren Moore. Yep. And I think, so the last I read is he might leave it, not because of what's happening, but because they're not pulling in the money that he's pulling in by himself. I think that's the last thing I read. Which is another thing to point out that he's still getting money and he still is probably going to win his race as a pedophile. By double digit, like he will win. Right now the poll says they're tied at forty six. He's going to win Alabama by double digits. If there's one thing 2016 taught me is that people, when polled, will lie to save face. Mm-hmm. And they're lying about not supporting the pedophile. Because you've seen, you've seen the GOP themselves saying, you know, they, you told, they told the people not, uh, just. <sighs> it, 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 okay, okay. The NRSC. So the the National Republican Senate Committee pulled the joint fundraising agreement. Yeah, yeah, but that, that, but that, that just happened. Okay. okay. Um, the the RNC that fundraising agreement still exists. 
all of his packs still exist. They still have ties to all of his packs. So they just did that as a, see, we don't support pedophilia. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Take all this money from the back. Uh, never, remind, never forget that Trump also made comments about a 10-year-old uh, pageant contestant at one point. So there's that. Trump admitted to sexual assault, and all people did was say, Woo. We don't believe the women. They, remember, they, nobody believed the women then. Well, no. Or even worse, they believed the women, but that's just locker room talk. That's yeah, just how right, guys right. are. You're right. I forgot. Remember about that? Like, I forgot locker room talk. I forgot. That, 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 that was the discourse. It was locker room talk. And we, our media treated that as an equal talking point instead of just saying, no, we're talking about sexual assault. This man just admitted to sexual assault. Yeah. Right? Like, and for anyone else, admitting to sexual assault is the death knell. Nope. They just said... I mean, this whiteness over here is real good, and now we're we're dipping into this misogyny too. This is this is right up my alley. Like you know, Trump Trump embodies all the things that these liberals are trying to take away from me. I think that actually helped him. The the grammar by the pussy helped him mm-hmm. because he had already tapped into the racism. Then he got that good old sexism in there too, and that's what these people want. They're going to vote for Roy Moore. Not because he's a pedophile, but because he's not a liberal. Because he's not trying to give money to black people. Because he's not trying to to, to prop up Planned Parenthood. Because he wants to make sure that women don't have equal wages. Because why does a woman need to get paid the same as a man? These are conservative values. Conservative values are rooted in bigotry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It just... When is this election? I think it's soon. I can't remember exactly when. It's just, it's just, it's, it's draining as fuck, man. Like, all of this stuff happening, and I'm seeing this shit, and I'm just like, I can't believe we're here. Nazis, rapists. We, we still, we still forgot that in Charlottesville, a white supremacist killed a, a woman. And they held another rally two Tra- weeks yeah. ago, and now they're talking about a coalition of white nationalists for the white ethno state. So for all the hand-wringing people do about, oh my God, ISIS in the Middle East, how did this happen? A Nazi coalition just formed in America. Like, they, they're a coalition of Nazis. It's real easy. Uh, on the, this is getting out of the, the realm of sexual assault here. Um, but staying in the realm of just fucking batshit insane. Um, so you guys, so there was another, there's another shooting. Another shooting. And um, so I went out of church. And at this point, I just kind of just... How many people died of this? It was like 27? 20, I believe 27 dead. Yeah. So it was 50 in Vegas, 27 dead. Two of the worst shootings in, in American history. And um, let's see how Fox... Uh, Fox sees the upside on this one, though. Inflicted wound. Governor, you know, we've been reporting this shouldn't happen in a church, but I was downstairs talking with some people that work here that um, we all talk about our faith and we share the same beliefs. We were saying there's no other place we would want to go in that, other than church because I'm there asking for forgiveness. I feel very close to, to Christ when I'm there. So I'm trying to look at some positives here and know that those people are with the Lord now and experiencing eternity and, and no more suffering, no more sadness anymore. Um, but on that note, did you talk Talk to any of the people that were there when you were at the vigil. Any what the actual fuck? Why that had nothing to I what the how did we I I I, I have no words. Put, I, put, put twenty seven put twenty seventeen in rice. 
Put 2017 in rice. Like, how did we get here? Oh, you know, I mean, if they had to die, it's great. They died in a church. Am I right? Now they're closer. Oh, my. Even as a practicing Christian, you do not say that to people that are grieving. You do. Oh, my. I. What the fuck, man? I, I got one better for you. This is not in the, the my uh, notes. I don't have an article for it. But I saw it on um, either MSNBC or CNN this morning. You know what churches are doing now? Uh, they are arming, they're hiring armed guards to stand. Like there's a, there's a church in, a church in an outlet in, um, a company in, in, in Texas that literally has, uh, trains like pastors or something like that to arm them. And this is the thing that goes, it goes hand in hand with the sexual assault thing because it's just like the leaps and bounds we'll take. To not address a problem are astounding. Like, you're going to arm the pastors and 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 the and, and, and the the priests and all these people versus just having gun control. It's just like we'll like for instance, I and there's something that let me see if I save this this thing. It, it comes back to the sexual assault thing. Um, so Louis C K C K and his his non-apology apology, which, by the way, it's not an apology. Yo, like, people were giving him credit for that apology, yeah. and someone shared it in a, a group text. I went, and they're like, "Yo, this is an apology," and I'm like, "No, it never not. says I'm sorry." Yeah, no, no. look, the reason why I share um, Louis C.K.'s apology in quotes is not to say that it's an apology or a good one, but as a counter to anybody who tries to say that the allegations against him are false. Because he admits to it. Like, that's the thing about it, and I think that's the refreshing thing to some people, is that he admits to the fact that the allegations are not allegations, but they're true, um, and that he did that shit. So he didn't apologize for it. He just says he did it, which I appreciate because it means that we can skip the whole, these women, these bitches are lying phase well, and go straight to the, they were telling the truth all this time. So I push back against that because the New York Times has been on this story for at least five years. Yes. He has had his manager suppress efforts to get the story out for at least five years. So he has been on the these women are lying train for at least five years. He is only admitting to it now because he has no cards left to play. Yeah. So it, it, it's a funny thing. Um, so it's funny. His, his new movie. Uh, I love, I love you, Daddy, you, Daddy, which apparently mimics some of is very creepy and mimics some of the things from like Woody Allen. So funny, I received it yesterday in the mail as part of the four year consideration packages I get uh, as being a part of a critic association. And I was like, mm, well, that's horrible timing. I'm not watching that shit. But here's the here's the but but going back to the whole thing of how we pick the easiest thing to do because I'll actually say that I don't believe. Well, we need to get the men the fuck out of here. I don't always believe that the, the the right choice is to just shut down anything they ever touch and worked on. Because somebody, uh, this is a, a user, a smart-ass Jen. Well, I guess I can say this now because it says uh, TBS suspended production on Lewis uh, C.K.'s animated comedy, The Cops. Well, I guess I can say this now. I was one of the stars of The Cops. There was going to be an animated trans character voiced by a trans actress on network television. The, con- the consequences of these actions go far. And so that's where I think that sometimes we might need to go a little bit further or be a little bit smarter with some of this stuff because people go with this whole idea, well, he touched it, 
we got to just cancel the whole thing. Because of the patriarchy and because of the way we set up our society, um, if you cancel everything that any man uh, that has sexually assaulted somebody or done something wrong has touched, we will have no content right now or nothing that we ever like. And not, not to say we shouldn't open it up to everybody. Cause I, think, I, think this will, I think going forward, this will open up to, to women, people of color, and things like that to have these opportunities that were taken from them because we were giving them to shitty-ass men. But it also means that a lot of work that was done by other people that aren't good and had nothing of this won't be seen. Um, and I, I think we need to, like, for instance, um, uh, 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 George, um, Takaki has been, been fucking. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. someone has alleged that in 1981, George Takai, um, Takai, yeah. A sexually assaulted him. Yeah. And so, I mean, that takes out Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek. It's like, I think that we need to get rid of the men. And the people, well, not and it's not just men, but get rid of the people that are these these abusers. Um, but you can replace them. Like to me, you don't get rid of the cops. You replace it with a woman. You put somebody there to run and take over the production of it, and you remove the cancer from it and move from forward from there. Uh, I think we got to be careful with just getting rid of throwing everybody out. Even if they had no no idea, because at this point, because here's the here's the problem: you made these men the gatekeepers, and then you let you know the only way for certain, particularly marginalized people, to get in was through these gatekeepers, and now you're shutting them out because well, you were in a project that had this gatekeeper that was a shitty person. You knew he was a shitty person though when you hired him. It's it is one of the bargains, right? Like. People that live under white supremacist patriarchy make bargains every day for survival. One of the bargains that these people in this industry made was, if I want my art to be seen, I have to work with Louis C.K. I know what he is alleged of doing. I lack the power to do anything about it, but he has all the power to get my art out. Right. So do I make this art through him? Or do I try and keep struggling and find someplace else so people make devil's bargains every day to survive under white supremacy? They made this bargain, and I empathize for these people because I'm not going to say, oh, you shouldn't work with Louis C.K. I'm more empathetic in that I get why they would make that bargain, right? Like, a lot of marginalized people don't have the luxury of saying, I can't work with an oppressor. I can't work with an abuser, right? They... For their own survival, they have to do these things. So I'm far more empathetic to people like um, the user you just read. I'm talking about the the trans character that was supposed to be in this um, project of Lucy K's. I empathize with that person because they made the bargain. The best way to get my art out and to empower this community is going through this other person. And, and I also think that it's, it, it sucks that so the, the, the trans actress gets her work not seen because she had to make this bargain, yet TBS gets 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 no shit for it. Right. You knew this too. Like, and, the, and, and the you had keeps and, and you had the power to do something about it and stand up about it, and you didn't until it was bad for your bottom line. Now you'll do something about it. It's like that's where I think that the dynamic of the power should be shifted because it's like. I feel sorry for the people at the bottom who are getting the shit in. It's like, for instance, um, they're talking about how 
uh, them shutting down a uh, house of cards kind of cost like 2,000 people are going to be out of jobs in like Baltimore or something like that. Because it's like... Because they, they employed a lot of people. They employed a lot of people. And I look back at this, I'm like, man, that fucking sucks for all those people who are out of jobs because of what Kevin Spacey did and because of what Netflix and everybody else did who had to have heard these rumors. Because, again, I, I, I'm one of the people who's like, I don't believe when it comes to this thing and, and people go, everybody knew. And then these companies go, oh, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're troubled by these allegations. It's like, were you troubled about them when you first heard about them? Because you had to have first heard about them. What's going on here? Right. So it's just this whole thing. It's just um, I, I, um, I am with you where, you know, the, the, the empathy for the people affected by these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the collateral damage. So I, I, I empathize with those people, and we. The the other thing is I don't know what else they can do, right? Yeah. Like so for Louis C.K.'s project, you had to shut that down. Like right. that that was the thing they can do there. It wasn't a situation with um, what's that one movie where they just reshot the whole oh, movie? Yeah, yeah. They're basically reshooting this new movie that's supposed to have Kevin Spacey in it. Oh, uh, I can't remember what the fucking name of it is. Um, what is it like? All, all the things in the world, or something like that. Something like that, and they they got a, they got a new I think Christopher Plummer or something like that. Right. They got a new actor to play him, and they're gonna they're gonna spend all this money to reshoot the movie and take him out. And you're and you're right, like with with this one is 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 his project. So all the money in the world, all the money in the world. So yeah, they're they spending all the money to reshoot uh, Kevin Spacey, and I'm like, yo. So I, I said this on 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 Instagram, like, Baby Driver is now so creepy to me. Yo, it is so I like, and I like that movie. It is so creepy to me. Uh, American Beauty has always been like kind of an overrated movie to me, but now that is way more creepy. I mean, so my initial thoughts on American Beauty were he's like, I know what the movie is about, but he wrote this movie about a child. Yeah, like my 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 whole time watching American Beauty, I'm like. He wrote this movie about a child. Like, this movie is about a child. I know that's not what's happening on screen, mm-hmm. but the muse for this was a child. This is an old man who wants a relationship with a child. Why was this movie so critically acclaimed? Like, this is creepy as shit. Like, what is happening very, very here? fucking creepy. So. This episode is sponsored by the good folks over at TweakedAudio.com. Tweaked Audio has been a great partner to the MTR Network over the years, and they have a great product. If you listen to this show, then clearly you use headphones. Unless you're one of those assholes on public transportation blasting music over a speakerphone. Don't be that person. Pick up a pair of earbuds or headphones from Tweaked Audio. They have over-the-ear headphones as well as various types of earbuds in different colors. And now, they have a great pair of affordable Bluetooth earbuds that are perfect for working out and listening to us, your favorite podcast. At checkout, put the code REVIEWS in to get 30% off, free shipping, and free lifetime warranty. So check out tweakedaudio.com. Help yourself with a new pair of headphones and help us out as well. Now, back to the show. <sighs> All right, let's get out of let's get ready to get out of here. There's been a lot in this episode, there's been a lot of heavy shit. I'm gonna go into a great most and white privilege. It might be actually two of them. We'll see. Because they uh God, there's a lot of shit going on here, guys. So we're gonna play this great most and white privilege. <laughs> So, uh, 
uh, great moments of white privilege. Here, I actually have two. Let me see if I can find the other one because it's just there's just so many things in here uh, that have that have been happening this week and everything. I'll go with the first one here. Um, after a new jazz sitcom goes live, white college students rant saying jazz was saved by white people and black people don't listen to it anymore. I'm sorry, what now? A controversy arose on social media following a recent blacknews.com story entitled Giant Steps TV show America's first jazz, jazz sitcom launches on Amazon, which was published on October 31st, 2017. Apparently three white students at the new school, uh, new school, school in uh, New York uh, posted that the show sucked and was bad for jazz, not remotely funny or interesting, and then followed with a claim that whites save jazz because black people don't listen to it anymore, and that whites have evolved the music to be more intellectually engaging. They further also offer anecdotal evidence claiming that booking agents nationwide hire more white artists than black artists. It must be great to be the default. Like, it, it must be... To even say, oh, well, more white artists get booked. It never enters your mind that the, that the reason that they may happen is because people are more comfortable consuming black art through white faces. Like, that never enters your mind. It's just, oh, no, white people are better. No, white people are better. It must be, it must be so amazing to not have to think about these things. Uh, this is clearly the La La Land uh, fan club here. Yeah. When I finally saw La La Land, as someone <laughs> that grew up on Broadway musicals, fucking sucks. Like I, I was all fit because everyone's like, oh, it's great. It's a love letter to Broadway musicals. I'm like, okay, why do you have people that can't sing? Like, that's the first thing. They can't sing. Like, in La La Land, objectively, no one in that movie can sing. I'm just like, this is just bad. In that movie. This, is, this is all the way bad. But I guess white people love it because, again, they get to consume black art through white faces. Like, that's ultimately why La La Land is so great. It's like, I get all the, the funk of black music. But I get the comfort of a warm Ryan Gosling face. Yeah, that's what you need. You know, you know white people save, save jazz music. Um, so, I, like I said, I had two because, you know, it's just, um, why not? You know, I love this one. Wisconsin mom accused of tying nine-year-old son in plastic pool to roof of a minivan. I'm sorry, read that again? I, I, don't think, I don't think I heard you. Wisconsin mom accused of tying nine-year-old son and plastic pool to roof of minivan. Why would, how? A Wisconsin woman has been charged with second degree reckless endangering safety after her reckless, a second degree recklessly endangering the safety after she allegedly had her nine-year-old son ride on top of her minivan to hold down a plastic pool. According to the criminal complaint, it happened around 3 p.m. local time on September 9th when officers responded to reports of a child riding on top of a minivan. Wait. So she had the pool on top of the minivan. She basically she basically pulled a Mitt Romney, but with an actual child. Um, a nine one one caller followed uh, Amber Smuck, Smuck twenty eight of Redonia, uh, until she pulled over and took her child in the pool off the vehicle's roof. Smuck then uh, continued driving down the road and stopped at her sister's house, where police caught up with her. A Smuck told her told police uh, told police she picked up the pool at a residence residence. Uh, but did not have enough room inside the minivan. She decided to put the pool on top of the minivan, but had no way to strap it down, so she had her child climb on the roof and hold it down while she drove. Uh, Smuck admitted to police that she had her oldest son ride on top of the minivan, but only for a short time, maybe 20 or 30 seconds. Smuck then uh, later stated it was safe because she had, she used a strap to tie the child down on top of the pool. 
<laughs> it's like a seatbelt, really. And she, she put a seatbelt over the car to make sure the child was safe. She also uh, she uh, she also told the officer that she believed it was okay as her father let her do these things like this when she was her age. Uh, Smoke will be back in court on November 14th. If convicted, she faces up to 10 years in prison, up to a $25,000 fine. I'm doing this as a preemptive great moment of white privilege because we both know she is not going to get 10 years in prison and she is not going to get a $25,000 fine. She's going to get probation she's if that. She's going to get probation. Yes. If that. If that. So I'll be trying to follow this story. Um, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, that, that, that is just wild to me. Uh, yeah, you know, she's got to do that. I, I, I didn't think anything would top... Um, the the this couple cooking meth in a moving vehicle, but here we are. Here here we are. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, you got to cook meth in a moving vehicle because I mean, just like you gotta you gotta have a delivery. So everybody's about delivery right now. It's like you gotta have fast delivery. You know, thirty minutes or less. <laughs> you get your meth in thirty minutes or less, and what what up? You know, I'm just saying. Oh my god, it's so, Amazon Prime for meth. Yeah, I mean, why not? I don't understand. So, um, yeah, I I do have a black woman shout out, but I'm gonna save it for next week. Uh, do you have a black woman you want to shout out? I do have a black woman shout out. Um, I would like to shout out a podcast that I listen to, Tea with Queen and Jay. They're two womanist race nerds who talk shit over tea. They're an amazing podcast. You guys should definitely check them out. Um, they're all about um, uplifting black women, shouting out black women, um, and just discussing and breaking down how they navigate and survive this white supremacist patriarchy. And it's a great show. You guys should check it out. Um. No, okay, definitely check them out. Uh, and then my, my black woman shout out for this week, it's just all the black women have come forward on the timeline this week. Um, with um, Again, I know it's hard, especially to come out and come forward on social media where there are no, there's no safety net. I mean, they, they found women that, that supported them, but you also get a lot of hate and a lot of death threats and a lot of men just being generally shitty. So, um Shout out to them for having the bravery to come forward and actually call people out for their horrific things that, that happened to them. I mean, that takes a level of bravery that um, we can never, I, 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 I know I don't have. So, um, and just real quick, I just saw this. This ties back to something we have in a little more. Uh, former Deputy DA Teresa Jones, who worked alongside Roy Moore, tells CNN it was common knowledge that Roy dated high school girls. Everyone we knew thought it was weird. I would not use the word weird, but okay. Illegal might be the word. We wondered why someone his age would hang out at high school football games in the mall. Because he's a pedophile. Better fucking trash, yo. Complete fucking trash. Like I said, like I said, I, I told my story about Kev that people know. Listen, you as men, this is this is this is this is about men. As men, we have to police our own. You have to draw a line in the sand. And that might mean losing a, 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 a long-term friend. That might be putting yourself in, in danger. That might mean, like, you have to do that, though. In order to, if, you, if you're going to live your raps and, and, and be the good man, you say you, the, the good guy TM, you know, you can't claim to be that and then you're letting... Your your fellow man get around with, with with doing horrific things. You just can't. You gotta you gotta you gotta stand up and do it. So that that's that's the only way this works, right? It cannot be on women to get these guys out of the paint. Again, we applaud and salute all these women coming forward, but at some point, the burden cannot be on them. 
It's you know what it is. It's the same thing that happened. It's it, it it's the same thing that happens with, with race. We saw the times like as black people, I'm done. I, there's nothing more I can do as a black person. At some point, white people need to get their shit together and confront white supremacy and confront racism. So okay, glad you said that because these same dudes will understand that relationship, right? They will yes. understand that dynamic. When it is flipped, and then when women start saying things like men are trash or black men are... Not all men. My personal opinion, black men are the white people of black people, right? Straight black men are the white people of black people. Black people can't... Black men can't... Black men can't oppress anybody. Then we see the environments that they create. Like, you understand the, the, the power dynamic when it comes to race. How do you not translate that logically over to gender where those same dynamics exist? Because we benefit from it. And that's, and that's what it boils down to. It, it, we enjoy that we benefit from it. Yeah. And we don't well, want it to go away. And here's the thing. It's not, it's not even, and when we say enjoy, I'm glad we ended on this, on this note here. Because when we say enjoy, I think a lot of people th- take enjoy as in we're, we're like, oh, yeah, rape her. You know, go ahead and grab her. At, no, no, that's not what it is. The enjoy is we enjoy the ability to not care. And we that because that, that's the thing about white people, right? White people can can go their entire lives and never have to deal with racism. They can go their entire lives and have to worry about racism. They can go their entire lives and not have to worry about speaking out on racism or anything like that. As men, we enjoy that same thing when it comes to sexism and and, and, and rape and, and sexual assault and things like that when it comes to women. We can go our entire lives and have to do that. Like I, I think um, the idea that as men, and again, we all benefit from this. This is why we can't call ourselves feminists. I can go and get really drunk tonight, call a cab or call an Uber, pass out in the back to that Uber, and know I'll, I'll get home safe. Won't think twice about it. Won't even think twice about it. I can, I can go somewhere by myself you know, and, and go hang out, not have to worry about calling friends, let people know where I'm going, and that. I, I can do that and not worry about that. You said to women, women go, oh, no, I can't do that. I have, to, I have to let my friends know where I'm at. I can't, I, I, I can't you know, get blackout drunk at, a, at, at somewhere where I don't know and not have, people, not have fellow women that I know, because be, you can't even trust your best male friends, so a woman that I know to come in. Like, I can't do any of that stuff, and that's the privilege. And as men, I don't think about it. I never think about my safety. When, when, it, when it comes to things like, you know, race and, like, you know, being around cops and that, that's when I think about my safety. But just on a regular thing, hey, I'm hanging out with my friend, I'm going to get drunk. Safety isn't on my mind. When I go on a date, this is the thing me and Johnny used to talk about all the time, going on a date and why we changed Hell No Cupid to being more understanding about what, what you know, how men make a toxic environment for women. When I go on a first date, what is what is the what is the little meme? The joke is like men going on a first date. They're worried about their date being fat or not being attracted to their first date. Women going on the first date and they're hoping they don't get raped. Yeah, like they're they're hoping that they come home. Like when that is the two dynamics there, that's the privilege we 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 enjoy, we enjoy and that we have to address. The fact that we don't have to worry about that shit. I don't go on a date going I might get raped tonight. I never I've never I. And again, this is coming from a guy who, good guy, hasn't raped anybody, hasn't done anything, is not trying to... But I don't have to worry about that when I go on a date. I'm just like, oh, I'm going on a date. Oh, didn't work out. I'm out some money. Right? Women go on a date and they're like, I got raped and I can't tell anybody. So to to your point about enjoying being able to opt out of these conversations, 
Perfect example of this is this uh, this cat named Ian Miles Chong. When Gamergate first popped off, he was strongly against the harassment and the just the toxic environment that was being created for these women. And I watched it happen on Twitter. One day he just tweeted out, can we just play games again? Because he was tired. Mm -hmm. He opted out of the conversation and has done a complete flip on how he views how everything went down. Because he got tired. He could opt out of that conversation because he just wanted to play games again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can do that when you have, you know what, you know what that's called? Privilege. It's privilege. Like that, that is what privilege is. When you get, when you get to say, I don't want to talk about this anymore. When you get to, when you get to pull a Cartman and go, I'm taking my ball and going home. Like, screw you guys. I'm going home. The, the, the dynamic, the gender dynamics, right? Any discussion revolving gender. Chris and I can opt out of those conversations. Mm -hmm. At any point, we can just say, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And, 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 you know the crazy thing about it is? For both our podcasts, we could probably actually see an uptick in how many of the downloads we got, from, especially from men, because of that. Yes. Do you know how many people I've heard when it comes to dealing with... Because here's the thing. I get hit with it. We both get hit with it twice. You get hit with it one for the, talking about the race stuff. So you get that with white people. But when you talk about the the the, uh, the men thing, when you get black men and things like that, you get hit with them. People are just like, I don't want to hear all that stuff. I just want to hear about comic books. So I just want to hear about. I just want to hear about games. I just want to hear about movies. I don't want to hear about these other things because it doesn't involve me. We hear that shit all the time. My personal favorite is that they'll they'll say, "Yo, we enjoy your podcast." You know, when you're talking about police brutality and racism, but then you start talking about that gender stuff, and I don't get it, and I'm like. That's why we do it. That's I'm why I'm trying to get you to understand. And that's why you need to listen to the podcast more. It's like, look, you can either be part of the uh, you can either be part of the solution or part of the problem. Like, no, if we all if all of us ain't free, we ain't free. Like, we we can't just stop at oh, okay, black women just help black men get free, and then we'll help y'all. No, we it's, it's intersections in this shit, right? Like, it is. Is in, that's where the term intersectionality comes from. It's all these different intersections that they, that 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 people navigate, and those of us with the privilege to ignore some of those have to use that power and the spaces we have to make it better for everybody. Like yeah. that's, it's 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 just a lot. So, Justin, thank you very much for being on the show, man. I appreciate you having me as always. Always, man. It's always great. Uh, tell people where they can find your stuff up and get all the stuff you. And what do you got coming up on the Three Fifths podcast? I know you guys are always doing something new. Uh, all of our new stuff will probably come out in December and I'm warm being like vague about it on purpose. Cause it's a surprise when it comes, but I think you oh, guys are go. really going to enjoy it when it does. Um, but you can find us at the three fifths podcast, T H R E E F I F S P O D C A S T. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, anywhere you download your podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJ 90 and yeah, definitely check out the website, threefifthspodcast.com. That's where you'll see a lot of the new things that are going to, the new things that we're, we're, we're teasing and that are coming down. So, yep. And uh, you guys know this the show is Handy Check. You can uh, subscribe to us directly on uh, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google. Uh, we can also find everything on uh, MTR Network uh, at, at YouTube. So, youtube.com slash MTR Network. We have a lot of new things coming out on the YouTube channel. Please stay tuned. Uh, we got some stuff coming out for. Um, uh, 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 I know we got Justice League and we have a uh, Punisher coming out this week. So I'll have YouTube uh, videos and things coming out there for, uh, for both of those. Uh, we'll do a quick review. I'll have my quick review and quick thoughts on Justice League that will uh, be in a video format and it will be up on the site 
by 8 o'clock on the morning on Wednesday, and then our full review will come later that week. So uh, you're going to want to be on YouTube and subscribe to us on YouTube. We actually grown. I mean, we're we're now uh, – my next my next goal would to get 700 uh, subscribers by the end of this month. We're already about uh, 650 or 660 right now. So uh, keep subscribing. We have a new stuff coming out there. You're going to want to do that, and um, it'll be great. So, again, folks, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we are out of here. Oh, wait. Forgot one more thing we got coming up. Sorry. I almost said we're out of here. I was, it, was, uh, it was an inappropriate time to do it before when we were talking about some serious stuff. But uh, Phenom had been texting me because he's watching Future Man. And we're going to have some reviews of that coming out. It's coming out on Hulu, Hulu and that will be on our, um, premium, uh, the, our premium network. Listen. Episode two of Future Man has, um, if you don't know what Future Man is, is Joss Hutcherson is playing this character who is kind of like Last Starfighter, where uh, right. they, they send a game to, and the, the people from the future send this game. He plays the game, he beats the game, and they're like, "You're gonna save you, you're gonna save us." And um, the, the future has gone to shit, and they're like, "You gotta stop this guy, uh, Doctor Cronus, who is trying to create this herpes, herpes uh, cure for her- herpes." And Doctor Cronus is played by Keith David. So they're like, we got to go. So Josh is like, I don't want to kill anybody. His character's like, I don't want to kill anybody. We'll go and stop him from getting herpes. So they're going to go back in time. So in episode two, they go back to when Cronus gets herpes. And he was at a frat party. But it's a black frat. <laughs> and Josh and the two guys, the two people that came with him in the future are white. And it is absolutely like I'm actually surprised that they actually do it really well. It's actually hilarious. I'll just say... Operation Blackface doesn't happen, but it was it was talked about Operation Blackface. It's just it is fucking hilarious. And apparently, Phenom had just gotten to that episode and he hit me up about. It. He was like, "Nigga, this is fucking incredible." And then I I agree. It's it is pretty fucking funny. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's fucking like that's gonna be the episode that people go and like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Like <laughs> just <laughs> like like they get it. So anyway, folks, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>